the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast, where the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. And I'm Tammy. Hello, Tammy. Welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you. Thanks very much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. So, John, this is someone you invited. So, one, I want to tell, I want you to tell all the listeners how you found Tammy. And then, Tammy, I want you to tell us all about yourself. Well, I found her on YouTube, and I cannot remember what the first video I saw was. Um, it's probably having something to do with America. <laughs> 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 some, some, some sort of opinion you were given on America. And then I just got hooked. Uh, I got hooked on her channel. I'll let her explain what her channel is and everything like that. But um, I just I found her uh, personality infectious, and I just loved it. And so I subscribed to her channel for uh, for a while now, and... I love it. Would you say as infectious as diphtheria? Oh, oh, oh Jesus. I we'll we'll get, Yeah, yeah, you do. All right, Tammy, tell us all about yourself. Uh, so my channel name is We Scottish Lass, and I do videos usually relating to Scotland, Scotland's take on the world. So some of the videos I have done have been in relation to America because a huge portion of my audience is American because I think a lot of American people seem to have a lot of roots coming from Scotland, so they've got quite a big interest in Scottish culture. So, uh, yeah, I've done videos like trying to name all the American states. I've done videos of trying American snacks. and But then equally, I've done a lot of stuff about Scotland. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's it's just stupid videos really about Scotland. That's all I really do. Scottish slang, that kind of stuff. That's, that's me. Well, that's great. For someone who does stupid videos, thank you. Uh, and welcome to a podcast that does stupid podcasts. We're happy to have you. <laughs> um, John, have you been to, you've been to Scotland just more just once or more than once? Well, just the one time. Just the one time. Okay, and and I went as well uh, in 2018. John and I were uh, you went a couple different places in Scotland. I only went to Edinburgh, and it was fantastic. Yeah, for a few days. But you were, you went to a couple different spots, right? Uh, yeah, we we went to Glasgow and Edinburgh. Um, okay. It was very quick. We were only there for a few days, so yeah. we were on a, a big tour. But we went to. Uh, Edinburgh Castle, and oh, we went to another castle that I cannot remember the name of, and I apologize. It's all good. Do you know? Do, do you know how just how nice it is for you guys to pronounce Edinburgh right? Like the <laughs> amount of people I've heard who are even in Edinburgh pronouncing it Edinburgh. I'm like, uh, and uh, or Edinburgh. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> I can un- that one I can understand because it is spelt that way, isn't it? It is spelt with the U yes. and the R around the wrong way, so I could understand that. But Edinburgh, I don't know where some people get that from, but no, it's so lovely to hear two guys <laughs> pronouncing it right. It's like yes. <laughs> We try. We you're probably going to hear us uh, pronounce a, a lot of stuff completely wrong <laughs> oh, me on the too. rest of this Ditto. podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but you've got that awesome accent, so it's okay. We just sound like boring Americans. It's not. Yeah. As, anyway. I love the American accent. We, so it's we don't good. even have. Uh, we don't even have like interesting American accents. No. We just have the generic Midwest accent. I like those generic Midwest accents. I like most American accents. Actually, to be fair, it's a, it's a lot easier to understand than some of the mm-hmm. like you know. Oddly enough, we. Grew up in the South, but neither of us have sort of deep South uh, accents, which is probably good. I get you get me a little drunk and around some <laughs> Southern people, and it, it starts to come out. I I use some Southern uh, terms still, like I use y'all all the time. Oh yeah, but I don't really have too much of a, a Southern drawl. 
Do you know what the Scottish equivalent of y'all is? It's use. Use. U-S. Yeah, use. See, use guys. <laughs> hey, hey, use guys. Yeah. Sorry, that's from that's Goonies. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we actually haven't even told people uh, what we're talking about today. Now, we are doing an all Tammy episode, obviously. Um, you know, you are the guest of the podcast, and so we are doing anything you want, and you have chosen to do Balto from 1995 mm-hmm. as the film we are going to break down, and then do the early to mid-2000s anime Bleach that we are going to review as our TV show, and we are going to recast Bleach. Now, there was a, uh, a Japanese, you know, um, all uh, film that was live action. already done. Yes, live action that was already used with all Asian actors, but... Uh, we've done uh, maybe a bastardized version in some people's <laughs> minds, but we're doing like an Americanized version of our casting with, uh, with I guess, just to help. Honestly, it's to help me and John out, I think. <laughs> because, <laughs> no, that's because, fine. Yeah, we're a little bit less known in the anime world, so um, so we're kind of just, just using some actors that we might know a little bit better. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, so before we dive into anything else, uh, I'm really curious uh, if, John, if you could just kind of Take our minds back to 1995. All right. So the movie came out on December 22nd of 1995. Uh, The Billboard Top 100 single of that week is One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey with Boys to Men. That was a huge song. It absolutely took over the American pop charts. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it it it, it lasted. It was like a, a number one hit for a, a long, long time. Like, yeah, it was just dominated. I feel so young because I was five years old, so I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, though. I mean, I was ten. I was, I'm an '85 baby. John's. We're all spaced out. Five years, how perfect. John's 80, I'm 85, and you're 90. So it's wonderful. So two of us are millennials, and I think John is a Generation <laughs> X, I believe. I'm, yeah. ge- I'm just barely a Gen X, a Gen mm-hmm. Xer, just barely. Correct. I just made the cut. <laughs> topping the Nielsen ratings that week, there must have been uh, some big game on, because Monday Night Football was topping the, okay. the Nielsen's end. Uh, if you were a reader, uh, the New York Times bestseller for that week was called The Christmas Box by Richard Paul Evans. Video gamers that week were getting excited because on that same day, on December 22nd, was the release of a game called Final Fight 3 for the Super Nintendo system. I looked at that game a little bit this morning just to kind of see what it was. Basically, I I would combine it with, it would be a combination of uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 arcade game and Street oh, okay. Fighter. If you combine those two things together, you kind of got Final Fight. And those were fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. turned that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, that, uh, that arcade kind of looking one, that was good. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing I want to say, uh, just because we've had a few people on here lately who have been big wrestling fans, Extreme Championship Wrestling that week, or that month, excuse me, had an event called the December to Dismember. Ultimate Jeopardy. <laughs> Good. Very nice. Amazing. I wasn't a huge ECW fan, but uh, yeah, it got it got it was a little too intense for a lot of people. It was like the it was for like the hardcore folks. I think back then was it w- it used to be called WWF, didn't it? Or was that later? Well, was that later? No, that was that was 
so ECW eventually, I think, got bought out by WWF, but they were all different uh, wrestling ones. There was WCW, ECW, and WWF all in, like, that 90s time. Yeah, I just remember me and my brother, uh, sorry, me and my cousin going mental over WWF. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's fun stuff. All right, that was 1995. All right, now that we are sufficiently taken back in time, we are going to... Oh, God, I don't know. We're going to dog sled our way into Balto. <laughs> Balto from 1995. This film was directed by Simon Wells. He talked about him, well, I guess we haven't actually talked about him before. He's done some other um, really good animated films. American Tale, Fifle Goes West, uh, We're Back, A Dinosaur Story, and Prince of Egypt. So okay. he's directed a good few oh, of those. I didn't know he'd done Prince of Egypt. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this film was um, in part produced by Amblin Entertainment, so you get Kathleen Kennedy and Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. uh, signed on as producers for this one. Uh, those are always two huge names. And the music was done by James Horner. Uh, I've talked about James Horner multiple times because we've talked about him multiple times on this podcast. Yeah. Rest in peace, gone too soon. But James Horner has some absolutely amazing soundtracks. And this was a really good soundtrack on this. It's on so this, uh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So James Horner did the music for Avatar, Titanic, Apollo 13, Braveheart, Legends of the Fall, The Rocketeer, Field of Dreams, American Tale, Cocoon, Aliens, and a whole bunch more. Just like <laughs> unstoppable. So this film stars Kevin Bacon as our lead Balto. And if you don't know Kevin Bacon, you're not allowed to listen to this podcast anymore. Uh, <laughs> fuck, I love Kevin Bacon. Footloose, Apollo 13, Tremors. Yes, Footloose. Oh, yeah. I'm a big Footloose fan. It's a shame we haven't gotten to that one yet, John, but hopefully soon. <laughs> we'll get there. Bob Hoskins uh, does the voice of Boris the Goose. And uh, you might know him as Smee in the movie Hook. Uh, we talked about him before in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and of course he was Mario in the Super Mario Brothers Abomination of a Film. That, uh, <laughs> well, well, I think actually is on our list to get to later this year even. Yeah, pretty soon actually. Yeah. Bridget Fonda plays the love interest Jenna, who, um, you know, you know, John, I, I, I've i had my things for uh, animated animals. It's kind of a weird thing. Oh, I've God. Got, Tammy, don't worry about it. We've got a furry on the show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no, I'm just saying she, she, they, she was an attractively drawn wolf. I'm not attracted to wolves. Or not wolves, dogs, huskies, mind you. <laughs> but, you know, they, they made her they made her voluptuous. It is kind of like how with the, the Lion King, John. You remember that when... <laughs> I remember you talking about it. Uh, <laughs> A lot of I boys did. actually spoke about that. I'm guessing it's Nala, yeah? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. There was, and there's there's one specific shot where Simba's kind of like... lying in the grass. Yes! Yes! I know yes! exactly what you're talking about. Do you know how <laughs> I know that? Do you know who's spoken to me about that on multiple occasions? <laughs> the furry fandom. <laughs> I've got a lot of friends, a lot of friends in there, and they all spoke about that scene as well. You know what? I've never tried that. Maybe I found my people. Maybe Maybe you found your people. If you're a fan of of these movies with with animated characters that are, like, not human, um, for example, maybe Zootopia. If you're a Zootopia fan, that's a really good one. That's a good movie. I think a lot of people think that furries means that you're sexually attracted. It doesn't. It just means that you have a connection with the animal characters potentially more so than some of the human characters. There All right. Go. Well, that's, I, yeah, that's not I think, far off. I think we did find your, your people. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it started with Gadget, and it's going to end with Jenna. Yeah, well, the thing is, Gadget was definitely a sexual attraction. <laughs> uh, that was the, the mouse from um, uh, Re- Chippendale's Chip Rescue, Rescue Rangers. Rangers. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> All right, let's move on from that. This is getting really weird. 
Bridget Fonda does the voice of Jenna. You might know her from Single White Female, like Placid, Jackie Brown. Steel was voiced by Jim Cummings. We've talked about him a million times because yeah. he does a million things. Um, and maybe most famously, he is the voice of Winnie the Pooh and still is and has done Winnie the Pooh for a long, long time. Yeah, That's so weird to think about because yeah. in, in this movie, he's like such a deep masculine voice. Yeah, yeah, he does a lot of really good, deep, angry, masculine voices. And then, yeah, and then he does Winnie the Pooh. Like, and he's, oh, you know, the, the super soft, gentle voice. I mean, yeah. he is one of the greatest voice actors, you know, of our time. If you if you listen to anything sort of Mickey Mouse related, if you know the character of Pete, mm-hmm. who's kind of like a big dog, that's also Jim Cummings. Oh, and you wow. can hear a little bit of, a little bit of that in Steel. You can hear yeah. a little bit of that same twinge. Uh, and then Muck and Luck, who are two polar bears, are voiced uh, both by Phil Collins. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it's super did random out of nowhere. Yeah, but I mean, it, it kind of ties in. I mean, we know Phil Collins is going to, you know, be, he's got a relationship with Disney. He did the whole soundtrack to Tarzan, yes. you know, later on. Not Maybe not too much even later than this movie, but uh, so yeah. So, and also I Brother guess, Bear as well. He done Brother Bear too. Oh, that's there, right. There we go. Yeah. Okay. I performed with Phil Collins. That's right. Did you? I did. Uh, I was in 2000, I was in the Super Bowl halftime show, and he was one of the people I performed with. That's amazing. Yeah, John's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and Phil Collins is okay, too. We like Phil Collins. Yeah. Let's actually, let's start off with Tammy. You picked this movie, and so I want to know, why did you pick Balto? You know, what is so nostalgic about this film to you? Oh man, that's a that's a really good question. I think for me, it's I, I've got I've only got two tattoos on my whole body. One of them doesn't mean much, but the other one was the first tattoo I got, and it it's a wolf. It's a tribal wolf, and the obsession for me for wolves came from Balto. There is a scene, and it's hmm. got probably the best part of the music from Balto um, that we'll probably talk about in more detail later. But there is a scene with a white wolf. And the soundtrack and everything at the same time, as a child, I would rewind that scene and play it over and Mm. over and over again. And you guys have probably talked about this loads already, but soundtracks for me is what makes something nostalgic. Like, if you've got a movie that has a really terrible soundtrack, I feel like it's not as memorable as those movies that have amazing soundtracks at the same time. And it's the music that takes you back when you hear that music again. And for me, that scene with that wolf and that music, just as a child, I just thought it was uh, one of the coolest, most mysterious things ever. And I just would sit there and rewind and watch that scene over and over and over again. And I remember being very young when I'd done that. I must have been about, maybe about seven or eight years old, maybe. So yeah, wow. that's why I wanted to, I wanted to pick Bottle because it's always been one of those movies from my childhood that I've absolutely loved. And now I've got a tattoo on my body because <laughs> of that movie. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I was I totally agree about, uh, you know, a soundtrack can make a movie. And the soundtrack, a good soundtrack can even make a bad movie okay to watch. Yeah. Uh, my example <laughs> I always give is um, the movie Dragonheart. Dragonheart's mm. not a great movie, but it has an incredible soundtrack. And so it helps elevate what I think was a little bit too cheesy of a movie into something that's a little bit more watchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hold on, I just want to see who did the uh, who did that music. Randy Edelman. Oh yeah, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I, you, yeah. You've heard his name before. Trust me. Oh, Last of the Mohicans. Yeah, good stuff. Oh, Last and, of the Mohicans and, got a great soundtrack. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and Beethoven's Fifth. <laughs> That's my favorite one. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Certainly not. But uh, Tammy, you are. Um, yeah, I, I'm simpatico with you. Uh, not that Balto was really the driving force for me. I'm not sure what was honestly, but when I was a kid, I too was in love with wolves. Actually, John and I had a recent episode about wolves uh, where we talk about White Fang and this uh, show that there, there's almost no way that it made it to Scotland called Due South. No. That was a really shitty... Yeah, it lasted a couple seasons. and it, Yeah, don't worry about it. It wasn't good. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, when you talked about a show there, I was thinking of the anime Wolf's Rain. Uh, no, I don't know that. Oh, you have to watch that one then. If you like wolves, if you're obsessed with wolves, and I'll just quickly, quickly, just real quick, it's um, set in the future where wolves are extinct, and the only way that five, I think there's five wolves left in the world, the only way they can survive is by appearing as humans. It's really well done. Hmm. Very interesting. But yeah, um, but John and I, we shared a room when we were kids before. When he moved out to college was like the first time I had a room to myself. <laughs> um, but it didn't it didn't stop me from plastering wolves all over like my <laughs> side of the wall. Like I had posters, I had books, I had little statuettes. Relatable, um, uh, you know, so relatable. Oh, yeah. I was a I was a nerd, you know. I tried to like I tried to memorize the scientific names of all the different um, species of wolves out there and things like that. So yeah, so I, I was excited uh, to be doing a movie like this for sure. And had you seen Bolt already then? So I didn't think I had until I watched it, and then re- re- watching it for this podcast, I was like, oh. I remember this. I remember this. So it must have been something I did watch when I was younger, but it was something that I guess just kind of faded from my memory and it didn't it didn't um, stick with me as much as some other stuff. But um, but yeah, I, I do remember once I kind of kind of rewatching it now, I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, OK, there are things in there that I do remember enjoying. I do remember seeing before. So, yeah, so that all intents and purposes, this was kind of like my first time watching it, or at least the first time I've watched it in. Oh, God. 25 years so uh how about you john is this your first time watching balto it it actually it was my first time watching balto okay all right and did you show it to your kids at all uh no that's all right maybe they'll get their balto fix on their own (laughs) this movie was loosely based on a true story i say loosely very loosely (laughs) very loosely Yes, the um, you know, funny enough, all the plot points were way off, but the dogs in real life did talk, just like Balto. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a no. Uh, so this is based. Uh, Balto it was a Siberian husky. He was not a Siberian husky slash wolf mix that no. they like they made in the in the Disney movie. I think they did that to add the drama, didn't they? Sorry, it's what not. That? It's not Disney. Uh, it's not it's, Disney. Is it Oop, uni- not Disney. Is it Universal. It is Universal, yeah, Universal. and Amblin. Of course, it's Amblin. Universal did everything with Amblin. My bad. Um, But Balto did, uh, he was a sled dog that led his team on the final leg of the 1925, it's called like the serum run to Nome, which which diphtheria antitoxin was transported from Anchorage to uh, Nome, first via train, and then the last bit via dog sled um, to combat an outbreak of the disease. So uh, the real the real life Balto died on March fourteenth, nineteen thirty three, at the age of fourteen. After his after he died, his body was mounted and kept in the Cleveland Museum of Natural History, where it remains today. And uh, there is a statue which we'll get to in the movie because they 
they uh, reference it in there. Mm -hmm. Despite Balto being given more attention at first by news reporters and filmmakers, there so there was a recent movie on Disney Plus called Togo. Yeah. Did, did you did you see that? John, I didn't. Or did I didn't see, see it, but I have a couple of friends who actually live in Alaska, and they uh. found when they found out I was watching Balto. Both of them made sure to tell me, "Hey, make sure you look up Togo because he's the real mm. hero." So, so did you look up Togo? I mean, I looked him up. I didn't watch any of the stuff, but basically, like okay. the bulk of the run was led by Togo. It was okay. only the oh. final leg that was led by Balto. So, like Balto did like about thirty miles, uh, but Togo did about three hundred miles. Wow! <laughs> there you go. You learn so. something new every day. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and I think that's. I think, I think a lot of Alaska, I actually saw that Togo's body was actually taken up to where the uh, Iditarod Museum is. Okay. So his, he's mounted on that. So he does have like, you know, you know, he's still recognized. And I think his skeleton is at some museum as well. So Togo, oh. Togo's in a couple of places now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a shame, no rest in peace. We're going to take your skeleton at you and stuff you and stick you in a museum. <laughs> Uh, all right, so this movie—it's based on a lie. Togo's not the or Balto's not the hero. Togo is—that's um, a joke. Uh, but it kind of is like I guess Steel did lead all the way there and like half the way back. Maybe Togo is kind of like Steel, but no, he's not as much of a dick. All right, anyway, <laughs> to, to, I'm sure Togo is a perfectly nice dog. I'll have to watch the movie, which came out on Disney Plus last year or in 2012, 2019. So um, I'm sure it's awesome. Anyway, let's get into the film. We start off in live action in New York in Central Park. We see this old lady and her granddaughter walking around looking for something. And my first thing that came to my head is this granddaughter is being really fucking whiny and annoying. <laughs> and I, she just she just kept bitching about everything while they were walking. around. But I guess, though, that's what, that's what kids do. That's right, John? Do. Yeah, yeah. It, unfortunately. <laughs> what what caught me is is that the, the grandmother is played by uh, Miriam uh, Margulies, I think is her name, mm. or Margolis. Professor Sprout. <laughs> yeah, she's Professor Sprout. She's a British actress, and oh. I've only ever seen her in other roles where she's actually using her natural accent. So to see her uh, uh, doing an American accent was a little weird. <laughs> oh, you know what? I didn't recognize. It. I've seen all the Harry Potters multiple times. I didn't. I just did not make that connection. If if you go, if you ever get a chance, go look up her her, her appearances on the Graham Norton show. She is much oh more crass God. in person than she <laughs> than she seems like in her in her performances. She's she very crass. She's so crude, isn't she? Oh, yeah, I love her so much. It's great. <laughs> oh, I will have to do that. Uh, so they go sit on a bench. The grandmother starts telling the kid this story, you know, all about like the memorial of what they are going to go see. So now we crossfade into animation and we kind of really get going into the film. Um, we're at a dog. We see a dog sled race. We meet Steel. He's racing some other dog sled. And, and Steel is big, bulky. You know, it's obvious from right away that he's going to be our villain dog. <laughs> he just he has that look to him. Um, we kind of see that he's the talk of the town. He's the main dog, and but he's ruthless. He is he's very much the Gaston in town. Mm -hmm. That's, yes. He is Gaston in wolf form. <laughs> he is, actually. We meet Balto and Boris, who's the goose. Uh, as in real life, dogs and geese, perfect friends. <laughs> um, but in, in an animated movie, that's exactly how it goes. Uh, so they kind of... Uh, go and see the race. We also meet this little girl, Rosie, and her female dog, Jenna, who's going to be our love interest for Balto. Um, we see that uh, Balto immediately has got interest in Jenna, but uh, at this scene, all of a sudden, Rosie, she got this sweet new 
hat, this musher's hat, and it gets blown into the street. And so Balto, we see how quick he is and how, how good he is at running, basically. And so he runs past Steel and the entire sled to rescue a hat. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> a hat! <laughs> it wasn't, they could have at least made it a little bit more dramatic with like Rosie got pushed in or something. But it's a hat. Who cares about, it's just me. If it's a nice hat, don't underestimate a girl's accessory. <laughs> so I wanted to interject. So the person, the girl who did the voice of Rosie was an actress named Juliet Brewer. She only ever did three movies, yeah. uh, but all of them are movies. You, well, they're definitely movies we have heard of. I don't I don't know if, uh, Tammy, if you're familiar with any of them, but she uh, she was in Little Rascals. Okay. She played Marianne. She was in this, and then she was also in Vegas Vacation. Oh, <laughs> National Lampoon's. Yeah. Good stuff. So those are the only three movies she's ever done, but she did fairly big parts in all three, and that's it. Uh, wow. All right, so Steel, who has kind of been established as an egomaniac, he's pissed that uh, Balto kind of outran him and, and made him look not as awesome. We also see just in general Balto is uh, the city outcast because yeah, he's apparently part. People are shouting at him and, and telling him to mm-hmm. get off the track and things, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's... You know, that's the kind of thing that uh, Hollywood wants to do. You can't just be like a, a normal dog sledder kind of thing and you're bred for this and you're trained for this all your life. It's, no, you got to be an outcast. It helps build up the story. An underdog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Got to be the underdog. So we just see Steel and his kind of buddies antagonizing Balto and Boris. It's just basically being a big-ass jerk. Balto... You know, here's where we find out, I guess, we kind of hear, we heard little things before. I like that uh, when Steel and Balto were running, like, side by side at one point, he turns at him and he says, Lobo, which is Spanish for wolf, uh, if, if anybody didn't know that. I didn't know that. At first, I was like, what? What's that about? And then when they mention here that um, Lobo, that uh, Balto is part wolf and part dog, it kind of made sense to yep. me. We, we go to Balto and uh, Boris's abandoned boat that they live on. We meet some polar bear cubs who really are just some comic relief. Uh, It's Muck and Luck, as I mentioned, Phil Collins people. I kind of wish they sang in this movie. Now, granted, (laughs) there's no... They're so cute. Yeah, yeah, they're silly. They are fun. I love the big fat one. I I can't even... I don't know which one's which, but the the particular fat one is is just... It's super adorable. They look more like... Luck is a big fat one. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. They look almost more like... I don't know. Just their roundness and plumpness reminds me more of panda bears, but, but they're apparently polar bears. But it's cute. So I, I definitely uh, they're good they're good fun side characters they're yeah. so cute they're so fluffy <laughs> <laughs> so and I, I like the way that they call Boris Uncle Boris we love you Uncle Boris Uncle Boris is so good I love the fact that luck can't even speak eh? so he just makes mm-hmm. noises <laughs> I had a hard time placing what kind of accent bob hoskins was trying to do oh uh russian i'm pretty sure okay because he, he called himself uh, boris gusinov okay it just it, it took me oh it took me it seemed like it took a while for him to settle into it mm. at first because at first i was like okay i hear bob hoskins but he's also trying to do something and i couldn't place it mm-hmm. and then eventually it seemed to normalize so i don't i don't know if it took him that long to to get yeah. it, to get into it or what <laughs> Uh, I don't disagree, actually. At first, it it wasn't until I heard him call himself Boris Gusinov that I was like, oh, okay, he must be Russian. Okay. Or else, why else would he have that name? Yeah, he does a Russian dance at one point in the movie as well to try and cheer Bolo up, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yeah. All right, so we see Rosie. She's in the hospital. She's got a cough. Shit, this is not good. Uh, it's not going to go well. How fitting I was, about was it to that say- you chose <laughs> 
But like, can I just right. say, everybody, I chose yes. this before, way before. I think, well, we, I think coronavirus was, was about, but it wasn't as big as it is now. It was like just a cough that some mm-hmm. people over the seas had at that point. So mm-hmm. when I picked this, I had no idea. That's, and now I'm sitting here thinking, oh crap, <laughs> this is a really <laughs> shit <No>. choice. <laughs> No, it's uh, super topical. We'll go with so it works. Balto, he he goes to ask out Jenna, uh, but she's too worried about Rosie right now. So he kind of then tries to find out what's going on with her, and so he takes her under this hospital. He dazzles her with some broken glass and some light, <laughs> yay! Uh, which looks good. Looks like the Northern Lights. It's kind of a cute thing. Um, and then they find out that Rosie has diphtheria. Oh no. So on their way out, Balto and Jenna run into Steel, who then ends up getting Balto into more trouble. In general, he's just kind of being a thorn in Balto's side. He's just he's an egomaniac. He can't stand anyone else getting any attention. Mm-hmm. We do say at one point I, we see another. This is the word of 2020 or one of the words of 2020 because of this diphtheria outbreak. They have to put like the town on quarantine or the people who are in the hospital are on quarantine. I've heard that damn word so many times. Quarantine. <laughs> I'm sick of it. And I saw like, oh, my God, it's even in this movie. <laughs> Can't get away from it. The, the doctor is looking for more antitoxin. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, they're having trouble getting it to Nome. So they have to get these sled dogs to bring it from train uh, from train and then sled dogs to get it all the way there. So uh, to find out who are the fastest sled dogs in town, they have a little race. And um, Balto joins in. He kind of just sneaks himself into the race in there. Um, and even though one of the dicks is a, or one of the dogs is a real dick and kind of kicks him off of the uh, race path, he makes his way back and wins the race. Yay, Balto! <laughs> Super exciting. But he takes a long way as well, and he still beats them. That's mm-hmm. the important part. He, he's that freaking awesome. <laughs> he is. He's climbing up things that I'm pretty sure your dog shouldn't be able to climb up. He's jumping on <laughs> ships. He's doing some sort of parkour. And he still yeah. manages to, you know, full-on parkour training. And he still manages to make them eat his snow. He does. Oh, I like how you said put that. It's perfect. Um, so he does win. And one of the guys was, you know, saw it and was ready to put him on the team. But Steel, like, stomps on his foot, which just ultimately makes Balto look like he's still too wild. Um, that he's, you know, he can't be tamed. And so the humans don't accept him for the team. The dog sled team, led by Steel... Heads out, they pretty quickly make it all the way to the train and they get the medicine and begin the journey back. But a storm sets in Mm -hmm. and now the team is getting lost. Mm -hmm. Things are looking bleak in town. We even very uh, disheartening see some child-sized coffins. That didn't make me feel good. No, I know. Especially with what's going on in the world right now. Yeah, it kind of it kind of tugs at the heartstrings. This this movie absolutely because it's a little topical. You know, it does it does kind of get you a little bit more watching it as an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, which as a kid, as a kid, you watch it and you're like, okay, you know what a child side coffin means, but you still don't really understand death like you do when you're a little bit older. Yeah. And so, looking at it now, it just it just hurts you seeing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, so Balto heads out with Boris and Luck and Muck to find the sled he's determined uh, to help Rosie. And I love his intelligence. And he showed some of that intelligence, you know, even when he went the long way, you know, just just things that he does. He is smarter than the average dog. And he wisely kind of marks his trail by scratching some of the trees. Yeah. 
we see cut to steel and that group and he's starting to get reckless you know and he ends up crashing the sled which ultimately ends up knocking out the human that they have uh, the musher with them so he just still he uh he cannot handle you know not being perfect and i understand that i'm usually perfect and so i get super angry <laughs> when i'm not which is so rare so, <laughs> I may, so i'm not the most humble person tammy and i apologize <laughs> so get but then i don't really apologize because it's you know it's just me <laughs> you don't do. really apologize because apologizing would mean that you weren't perfect yes exactly <laughs> got it i've got it i've got it she totally gets you <laughs> she does yeah it's the wolf thing we know yeah. all right so while on the way balto and his group run into a bear do you know something special about that bear john i'm gonna guess what would be special would be who voiced it that is correct oh okay tammy we love so many things on this podcast, <laughs> but there's there is a running there's just a running thing that goes through this podcast is that um, there's this one voice artist and his name Frank Welker. The guy is amazing. He has I think a literal bajillion credits on IMDb because I will bet you in like at least I don't know, almost at least a half of the animated, not always animated, but like the movies that you loved as a kid, Frank Welker's voice is in there somewhere. <laughs> he does tons of voices of random animals, um, just other just great voices as well. You might know him. Did you watch Futurama at all? I didn't know. You didn't? Okay. Okay. So not on that, but like, I mean... John, do you well, have like you pull him up? Ghostbusters. Did you ever see the movie Ghostbusters? Yeah, I loved Ghostbusters. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. No, no. He w- oh, sorry. He was not. He was not in the movie. The cartoon. He was in the cartoon. I don't know if you saw the real Ghostbusters. Was the cartoon? I did watch the real Ghostbusters. I remember renting it out of the spa when you could rent out videos. Uh, he was. <laughs> he did the voice of Slimer, but I mean, he literally has like almost a thousand credits mm-hmm. on on IMDb from just for all kinds of voice stuff. Um, oh, the obvious one. Uh, did you say the obvious one when I was looking him uh, up? I was good. I was going to fr- uh, with. Um uh, to me, the obvious one is uh, Futurama. I oh. go with... Uh, well, to me, the obvious one is Fred from Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. forgot that he does He's that. He's been Fred from Scooby-Doo since it sh- since it opened, or since it uh, released in 1969. Now that I do know. <laughs> and for the last, like, probably five to ten years, he's also been the voice of Scooby-Doo. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. It's, it's, um, you get so many, with, with like, a, a goofy movie, he was the voice of Sasquatch in that one. But he does tons of little, like, animal, oh, he was the voice of the monkey in, um... Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah. uh, wasn't he the voice of Abu in uh, yes. in Aladdin? Yeah, yes. So, like, so he he's does done t- all the sort of animal vocally stuff then. Wow, that's really mm-hmm. impressive. Because, yeah. yeah, I was saying, when you say, oh, the voice actor for the bear, I was sitting here going, it's a bloody bear. It just gribbled. <laughs> and I'm like, did the bear ever speak? I was like, I know this movie off by heart. I could recite every line. It definitely did not speak. And then I'm like, oh, the gribbling was not a real bear. <gasps> yeah, yeah, not a real bear. Yeah. yeah, that was a human. Most of the <laughs> time that there are animal noises, is they get an actual actor to, to do the noise. That's yep. so impressive. And so he keeps popping up in all of these movies, like in unexpected places. And so that's sort of the, not really a running joke, but it is kind of 
have a, a running joke in our podcast that he just po- he'll pop mm-hmm. up in movies we're not looking for him in. That's amazing. All right, so uh, just as they're all about to die from this gigantic Frank Welker bear that comes <laughs> after them, <laughs> Jenna comes out of the blue and helps helps to save them. They do eventually get away when the bear falls through a, fo- a frozen pond. Um, Balto at first appears to be trapped under the water as well, but Muck and Luck, who previously we found out couldn't swim, they're polar bears who can't swim, ridiculous. <laughs> so funny. But uh, they're brave enough and they jump into the water and triumphantly bust out the ice with Balto saved. I only just realized that Muck and Luck is just from the word Muckluck, which mm. which is a boot. If you think of like oh, if you yeah, think yeah, of yeah. like the uh, the like the boots with like the fur around them with them like tied mm-hmm. on, that's what a muckluck oh, is. Oh, there you go. I did not know yep. that. We get a cute line here from Boris that I thought was was pretty fun. Um, he says, Balto, I was so scared. I got people bumps. <laughs> get it? <laughs> Goosebumps, people bumps. Yeah, it's cheesy. It's so bad. It is. It is so bad. But because of basically the impending dangers uh, on the journey, Balto decides to go alone to continue. And he finds, he ends up finding the other team, but Steel, of course. Before he goes, though, Boris sees something really important to him, doesn't he? Let me tell you something, Balto. A dog cannot make this journey alone. But maybe a wolf can. Because Balto's always been torn between his wolf half Mm -hmm. and his sled dog half, because he's half husky, Mm -hmm. half sled, uh, half wolf. And we see that a little bit early on as well where there's a scene where this wolf pack shows up and they howl at him and instead of howling back he just sort of you know puts his head down walks away from them mm-hmm. um, and so we see that he doesn't fit in with the wolves and he doesn't fit in with the sled dogs and so Boris says, says this line to him because I think Boris is the more intelligent one out of them he's the more logical thinking yeah um, and <laughs> mm-hmm. so he was he can see that this journey you know through this Antarctic or sorry this Alaskan weather front is not going to bode well for just a dog it's going to require something a bit stronger well said and uh, that is a line that'll come back later a, a nice motivational push for balto in a bit as i mentioned he does find the other team and steel yeah steel's not wanting is he's really gone nuts at this point he's gone on to complete you know, sociopath mode or something um, where steel keeps attacking balto but balto uh, actually kind of surprisingly but Wonderfully, he kind of takes the pacifist route. So he just kind of, you know, keeps getting up, keeps getting up, which ultimately makes the other dogs turn on Steel and respect Balto for his determination. Mm-hmm. Steel ultimately ends up falling down a cliff, and uh, he's not dead. He'll be he'll be back, but this kind of takes him a little bit out of the game, and Balto now takes the lead, and him and the other team with the medicine start their journey back. But uh, Steel, in his evilness to be evil... He decides to screw with Balto, and he starts putting false mar- markers on the trees um, to try and screw with him, which does work. So mm-hmm. they end up getting lost because of that. Then Steel pretty quickly—I guess he used—he used the markers that Balto had previously set up. He finds. I'm. Mean, I was. I was just thinking, like, how the hell did Steel get back to the to Gnome so quickly? Yeah. But it, he must have used um, Balto's original markers that he then fucked with. Yeah. So he gets back to town and he's got this bullshit story you know where he's just all about his heroism where he was carrying like three of the dogs on his back and had four more on the sled and he still (laughs) kept going 
and ultimately he tries to blame Balto for breaking the medicine. Uh, he pulls off this bandana that he had gotten in the fight with Balto earlier. Uh, that was Jenna's as proof. But Jenna doesn't believe his bullshit. She sees right through his crap, which is nice. Uh, Jenny uses uh, the broken glass trick to, you know, in hopes to help guide Balto back because she still believes he's out there. Um, here's the scene that you talked about earlier mm-hmm. where Balto, they had some issues with the medicine and whatnot. And so he's kind of uh, looking around and he runs into, he's fallen down like this cliff. Yeah, because he, he starts freaking out with all the markings around him and he runs mm-hmm. faster and faster. Yes. But the other sled dogs, they know that they can't control that speed. And then when he tries to stop, when he sees a cliff and he tries to stop, they've not got enough time and so he ends up exactly. taking a tumble he does and he's all the way down there and so he's you know at one of his low points um until he meets this white wolf and it is very majestically and there's great music so in the good. scene as you it's called so it out If anybody isn't going to watch the full movie, even if they can go to YouTube and look up Balto White Wolf scene and just watch that just for the music, it is still worth it. That line from Boris that you called out, that uh, kind of he re rehears that in his head and he's re-motivated to continue. Um, he gives out this big howl and the wolf joins him in the howl and it's all nice you know, not quite of a bonding thing, but it is some that kind of, you know, because he's felt like such an outcast, this at least makes him feel, you know, that he, like he's either wanted or that he's, um, you know, he's not alone in this journey is my thought. You know, he's got, yeah. he's got this wolf here. He's got Boris in his head. So, so the, the wolf actually, funnily enough, there was a lot of fan theories that went around. And when we saw the second bottle movie, it kind of confirmed this, that white wolf is actually his mother. Oh, okay. Like that. I, I, why? <laughs> I don't. I, I don't need that. But okay. <laughs> but it was never revealed. I suppose in the first movie, it was just a, a hint that it, and then and then it was confirmed in the second movie. Okay. Yeah, John. I saw your face too. You wasn't sure. Like you really did. You you didn't seem to want that either. Uh, well, I mean, the second movie I think was like a straight to video thing. So yeah. I, actually, I think there's like three movies, aren't there? There, there, there is, are. but we don't we don't talk about the third one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the first two are the only good ones. Okay. Only ones that are canon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they do kind of like a lot of those types of movies and whatnot kind of force that stuff into it, mm. which is you know that's nice, that's cute. I wish he would have had some kind of like white, more white on him to make me feel like that was actually his mother. Uh, they didn't look anything alike to me. No, well, I suppose not. Who knows? He had, he had their paws. He had their paws. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did. They whether, the same. whether or not that was something that they were thinking of ahead of time, or something that they yeah. just took advantage of for the second movie, mm-hmm. you don't. We don't really know, but you know, it is what it is. It is okay. It's fine. I, I there's almost like always one thing in one of these podcasts, Tammy, that I t- that I pick on that I'm just like I can't get out of my head. <laughs> and now that knowing that they forced the mother thing in there. Maybe that I do me. like but the idea the- of it being a female wolf, though. I don't know why. I think even if it wasn't his mother, I like the idea of it being female because it doesn't necessarily look feminine. Mm-hmm. And that was mm-hmm. one thing that used to always really bug me about animated 
cartoons is that they make the females look really feminine like like you were talking about with Jenna let's make her sexy looking because she's female yeah. whereas this white wolf turns up and it's although it's majestic it's got a gruff big built type of nature to it that for me looking at it if you were to pick a gender you'd probably pick male or masculine you would say there's something masculine about it but actually thinking about well actually she's female it uh, just made sense because when you look at wolves you can't tell male from female you know what I mean so yes that's what I- I did like that yeah. aspect of it. So spe- speaking of nitpick, so in this scene where the 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 sl- uh, sled takes a tumble, they lose the body, right? Of the sled. No, the body's still around. The body's well, still the around. Well, the body stayed up on she, top, but he, it, he didn't fall down the cliff. He just rolled out of the sled okay, yeah. back up the hill a little. Did I miss a scene where they put the body back on the sled? Because when they come into Nome, it seems like the body is on the sled. Yeah, it's on the. Well, when they when Balto. Balto like dramatically climbs with his right, big wolf paws. Uh, you know, he climbs up the the cliff. One of the other wolves was with the body, I believe. I remember seeing it. Okay, uh, and so they dogs. What I say? Yeah, I say. Well, I meant dog. Um, and so yeah, they must have thrown him back on. Okay, th- on the back of it at some point. So yeah, probably similarly how they put the body on um, after the fight with Steel because the body had fallen off at that point as well. Um, so I'm guessing they just didn't want to show the same thing twice because I think when Bottle climbs up the hill and he's got the medicine, they kind of run off and congratulate him, and you see some of the other dogs pulling the medicine away from him, and then it just cuts straight to them running again. Yeah. So it's like uh, we've already shown you how they've done it before. Let's just cut to the chase. <laughs> okay, I'll allow it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I, I actually kind of had a little comment about, Tammy, you already mentioned like how animation studios do such a, a poor job of, of over sexual, not even just sexualizing, but over feminizing, you know, certain animals or whatnot, which you can't, you cannot tell, but you know, they have to find a way of how can we make one animal seem gendered compared to the other. Mm-hmm. John and I had a recent discussion. It was a movie, um, have you ever seen The Brave Little Toaster? I have, but it was so long ago, I barely, barely remember it. And I think much of it is because of the fact that I just, probably because I've been so trained by the, just the animation studios that if it isn't pink and doesn't have a little bow <laughs> or like a scarf like Jenna, it's just like, well, how the hell could it be feminine? How am I supposed to know? If it's an animated movie, it needs a stupid bow. But like I, because I thought the toaster was male, John thought the toaster was female, and it is. I it just it's it's interesting and also unfortunate just how you get so easily trained in that in, yeah. you know in that thought process growing up. Mm-hmm. But equally as well, the, the same argument can be made for the male characters that Bottle is quite scruffy, mm-hmm. um, and that's usually something associated with male characters and then steel is quite broad and big which is also a masculine feature you know so the same can be said for both and i think that's why i really like the animation of the wolves in this because when you see the scenes with the wolves be it the white wolf or be it the the wolves that howl at them at the beginning you can't tell any of their genders they're not like that that's not how they appear and the the dogs seem way more animated than the wolves do so it instantly makes you feel disconnected from them because you can't tell gender you can't you know i mean you're they're not as relatable to you suddenly by that style of animation well put uh all right so the dog sled team is back out and mushing balto is still somewhat confused by steel's 
you know, markings that he did to kind of fuck them up with. But he uses his nose and he starts heading in the right direction. Uh, they have some some real near misses right now. <laughs> There's some intense. It's kind of like intense. Some really ridiculous stuff happens, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. At first, like this ice bridge, bridge starts breaking behind him. And then a sneeze causes an avalanche. <laughs> Sorry, I love that. the and avalanche then, bit because it's just so ridiculous. And it happens directly after the close call with the bridge. It's like, can't these guys just get two minutes break? Well, nope. <laughs> and even when they get cover. Exactly. Exactly. They dive into the cover in the cave. And then the stalactites start falling. Falling like crazy, and they almost kill them and break the medicine. So yeah, they have some uh, really close calls. So funny. The town and everyone is thinking all is doomed right now, and then out of nowhere they hear a howl, and it's Balto and the sled team coming, running back. Um, the lights that uh, Jenna put up did end up helping. It was really cool. Uh, all the other dogs now see Steel for the bullshit liar that he is. Mm-hmm. The medicine is administered. Balto is now beloved. Rosie gets better. Then Balto and Jenna have a graphic sex scene. It's kind of <laughs> they, they do they do doggy style for like sixty nine straight minutes. Um, that's just a bad joke. No, they wow, kind of nuzzle. <laughs> Well, I thought it was kind of strange for them to do that in a tart. kids movie. Uh, no, it's uh, you know they nuzzle and they're they're a thing now. I guess it's cute. Uh, one of the dogs says, "Oh, they should build a statue of him." Ha ha ha! Which, <laughs> which they will. Um, we cut back to Central Park, and there is the real life statue of Balto, which is uh, still there today. And uh, the grandma and the granddaughter are there. We, at this point, we realize that the old lady is Rosie that we saw in the story and we even hear grandma Rosie from the kid and, and whatnot. Um, and that ends our story. Uh, and we roll credits with a song by Steve Winwood called reach for light. I did not like that song at the end. Did you know? No. I love Steve Winwood. Steve Winwood has some great songs from the 80s um, and maybe it's early 90s. That song didn't do it for me. I thought it was good. Uh, but mind you, maybe not so much. That I, I, it's not one that I would have on my playlist. But I think I just like it because it reminds me of that movie. Maybe maybe I'm biased that way. Fair enough. I think the only <laughs> the only song I've heard at the end of an animated movie that really struck a chord with me proper was at the end of Land Before Time. Um, mm. The song at the very end of that just used to make me ball my eyes out crying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that movie is intense, and we John and it's I talked traumatic. about it. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's so crazy, and uh, yeah, they do such a good job with the drama in that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, do, do you want me to ruin your day? Oh. Yeah, go for it. So the actress who voiced Ducky isn't Ducky just a great voice, great character? Yeah. Yeah. She passed away. She passed away. Her dad killed her at like the age of like eleven or something. It was um, it was he, it was after they recorded the voice for the for that movie, but before it had come out. Aww. It's awful. Absolutely tragic story. And it's just it makes me feel so bad because Ducky and Ducky's voice was one of my absolute favorite things yeah. about the entire movie. I just wanted to see it was the same girl. She did the voice of the girl in um All Dogs Go to Heaven oh, as well. Yeah. 
And so it's like she had such a promising future that it was just like ugh, it, it just it just stabbed me in the heart. When John told me that, I was just I was shook. It was yeah, not good. That's yeah. not good. That that maybe I didn't need that tonight. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> we've got we brought sorry. one of those little child coffins again, haven't we? Yeah, oh, yeah. We brought. See, it's full circle. That's what, that, that is storytelling right there. Um, uh, let's start off, Tammy. You know, we're, let's talk about our our. Just your overall thoughts, your wrap-up about the movie. Let's start with you, because this was one that you picked and that you loved. Yeah, I mean, like, look, see if I was to watch it now without my prehistory or my history with it, and I was to just stick it on just now and watch it, I'd be like, it's okay. It's a good movie, you know? The little twist with the old woman being the grand, like, being rosy and stuff at the end. It's it's good. It's got some really good moments. It's got some really cute characters. Mm. But I think if I was to watch it now, I'd be like, yeah, it's, it's okay. It maybe gets, like, a 6 out of 10 at a push. But because I grew up with it and because of what it means to me, I'm like, it's a fucking 10 out of 10. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care if I'm biased. I do not care. I freaking love that movie. I know there's so much wrong with it. Like the avalanche scene, you're like, oh my God, just mm-hmm. give them a break. And you're like, how can you outrun in a fucking avalanche? You can't. You know, like there's so much wrong with the movie, but I don't care because I love even its flaws. Yeah. I'll go ahead and jump in because you, you nailed exactly how... I essentially feel about the movie mm-hmm. because this was my first time seeing it. I watched it. It was okay. Six out of ten seems about appropriate for me. Yeah, that's a push, I would say, about between a five and a six out of ten. Yeah, but I can, I mean, you know, we've had this discussion with other movies. You know, nostalgia does play a huge part on what you think about a movie. Mm-hmm. There's uh, there's something to be said for that, and it can elevate something for you, and that's, that's no, I don't think that's ever a bad thing. Very so, true. Yeah. So I, I mean, I have no qualms with with you or or Adam loving the movie. To me, it was okay. I'm I'm sure if I showed it to my kids, I didn't get to show it to my kids. It's not that I didn't want to. I didn't get to, and I think they would like it. I think my daughter would like it more than my son would like it. Um, she's big into animals too, so I think that'd be more her thing. So I I'm sure she would be fine watching it. Um, but as an adult, there were there were issues. But you know, it's a kids movie. Mm-hmm. What you gonna do? And, and I'm kind of uh actually i lean probably more towards john just because even though i i realized at some point that i had seen this before it had been so long i kind of forgot everything about it i did enjoy it and i fully see how someone as a child would really appreciate this movie and if someone you know like john I, john i highly recommend you show this to your kid yeah show this to, mm-hmm. to your daughter who is already a fan of animals i bet she will get something out of this. She will. Is she, is she a fan of Spirit Stallion of the Samaron as well? Because it was a very close call between Bottle and that movie. I believe she is. I think yeah. she's seen Spirit, yeah. Because yeah. that's another what a good outstanding father. movie. <laughs> 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 so, um, but anyway, I ended up pretty similar, John. I see the cuteness in it, uh, but like because of some of those things, I was just like, yeah, it, it's, it's okay. It, I found it pretty predictable, but mm-hmm. that's also yeah. because... I mean, I've seen these types of movies so much and I know I, I know how they're going to end up. And I was like, the second I saw that one lady looking for the thing, I was like, oh, I bet she's going to, you know, she's going to be the kid in this upcoming thing. Because that's just always how it works. <laughs> so I knew the second that we kind of came back to it, I was like, and we came back on her face. I was like, oh, that's fucking Rosie. <laughs> Duh. Um, have you seen Brother Bear? I have not. <gasps> right. Okay. That's one you have to watch. I'm not going okay. to spoil anything, right. but you have to watch it. <laughs> All right, done. <laughs> it's got Frank Welker in it, so... And you're a furry. Uh, We've already it. confirmed you're a furry. So <laughs> as a furry, you need to have yep. watched Brother Bear as well. As a fr- <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> done. Um, this is this is my furry coming out podcast of, of my furriness, so... Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, Brother Bear it is. Any, any other animal recommendations, just let me know. Send an email to uh, blastfromourpast at gmail.com and let, let me know what I should watch. Dude, I've got a list for you. <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect. All right. Uh, any other last comments from uh, from anybody in the gallery about Balto? I would say if you're if you're if you're older, and when I say older, I mean like over the age of like ten. Uh, listen to this. I would, I would well, I told somebody over the age of ten doesn't have like somebody age of ten doesn't have kids. But you know what I mean. <laughs> like if you're if you're if you're an adult and you've got kids, I would highly recommend that you sit down and watch this movie with them. Like I think it's one of the ones that the kids will probably really enjoy. Well said. Now we are going to talk about the anime Bleach that came out in 2004 and ran until 2012, 366 episodes. It is based on the manga, or do I have to pronounce it proper, manga? Is that how people pronounce it? I think manga's fine. Good, manga's fine, thank (laughs) you. Um, Of the same name that ran from 2001 to 2016, I believe is when that one ran. It apparently, this show is coming back for a final season in 2021, I've heard. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but also, when we say final season, I'm hoping it's not just one single season. So usually when you tend to find with anime, there'll be something called an arc. So in manga, there's an arc. Mm. And an arc will usually last for, like, loads of copies. Uh, it does depend on the it does depend on the manga, the manga artist, etc. So in Bleach, an arc before, the, before it went off air, an arc usually lasted. I think the Soul Society arc lasted three seasons so i'm hoping that they turn the final arc into more seasons than just one more seasons. okay okay well i hope so too uh, all right so before we get any further into it you know this was another show that you picked just i'd love to hear about you know why did you choose bleach and why is it so nostalgic for you this is so interesting because john and i were talking and and i was really trying to pick on my brain to find a tv show that was nostalgic because I don't have any that hit me right in the feels. Not really. Like I, I debated or I swithered on Saved by the Bell for a little while um, because I did mm-hmm. grow up with that and I really enjoyed that. There was there was a few shows I I grew up with and I enjoyed, but it's not something that makes me feel that nostalgia. So I don't know if pe- I mean people listening to this podcast will probably know this feeling. See when you see something or read something or for me it's always about the soundtrack like if you hear something and it brings a feeling in your chest that just it's pure emotion that for me is a nostalgic feeling so that's what I was trying to think of when I was thinking of a tv series and none of the tv series I grew up watching made me feel like that probably because of the soundtracks but Bleach is something that actually I didn't even watch when I was young I started watching Bleach in my early early 20s mid 20s so actually, I didn't even grow up with this one, but the soundtrack for me, every single time I hear it, it's something that just brings that feeling back to me. Um, because I actually grew up watching other anime more than I ever did Bleach, but I had to talk about it purely because of that feeling for me means nostalgia. Uh, yeah, and I, there's one thing I definitely will agree on is the music on this one, it heavily emphasized music uh, throughout every episode that I saw. I just, not not so much that it became a part of the show, but... They utilized music quite a bit mm-hmm. in Bleach, yeah, and it, in a good way. It, it was uh, it was a strong, strong soundtrack to it. How much did you watch? I only watched. I didn't watch much. <laughs> I only watched the first four episodes sure. because this is the this is the first I've ever seen Bleach. Now this is a show that 
I'm I'm not a big anime guy, and when when I say this, I've seen a handful of animes, and you know, if I tell you that Dragon Ball Z is my favorite anime of all time, you'll probably be like, "Ugh, you're one of those guys." No, 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 I grew up <laughs> watching Dragon Ball Z. I absolutely loved it. Okay, so yeah, that I mean, that one is one of the few that like came to America. Sailor Moon was really big, mm-hmm. and so I watched so I watched a good bit of that, uh, on top of some other ones, but I just never really watched a whole bunch of other animes but bleach is one that a lot of my friends who had gotten into anime had all recommended i just never really had the time or really got into it so i've heard of bleach by multiple people but i'd actually never seen it before so i didn't want to jump around too much i wanted to like watch the first few episodes to be like okay if this is something i'm gonna keep continuing i want to just kind of start and go so um i just did my research and just watched those actually uh today or earlier today uh, and I'm uh, I'll, I'll I'll decide later. I'll tell you later <laughs> if uh, if I'm going to continue or not. So, but John, had you ever seen this show before? No, and uh, much like you, I I even less grew up on anime. I mean, if you <laughs> if you asked me what my favorite anime was, I'd probably say uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, <laughs> <laughs> which isn't really an anime, which but isn't that's an but, anime. Yeah. But a lot of people mistake it as one because it's so damn good. Mm. Yes, and mm-hmm. I mean it it, it. it it to me it does sort of have the heart of what anime is. Absolutely, but it's not. It's not anime per se. Um, that's the only one I've ever watched all the way through. I've tried recently to get into anime. Um, when <laughs> when uh, when I was teaching high school, um, they needed a teacher uh, of record to help run the anime club. <laughs> and so I volunteered for it because they didn't have another teacher willing to do it. So the students there tried really hard to get me into anime. Actually, you know what? That's not true. There is one anime that I have watched all the way through that I did enjoy, but it's very little known. And anytime I say it to anyone, they don't really know what it is, but it's called Rasafon. No, have you heard of that heard. one? Nah, not heard of that one. All right. It's the only reason I'm familiar with it is because it's, it's sort of one of those sort of uh, mech type ones oh, yeah. Right, yeah. like a like a mobile gundam yeah but the, but the central theme of all of it is music like everything is music related mm-hmm. and i had another music friend of mine who when i was teaching a band camp uh, and yes, the, if you didn't know, Tammy, band camp is actual thing that does exist. <laughs> it's not just something that American Pie made up, no? No. Nerd. No. No. Not only have I participated in band camps, I used to teach in them as well. Um, uh, he, John used to, you know, you know, they have those high schoolers who do marching band, and I was in marching band. John would take his summers and do more marching band. <laughs> like, that was his thing. He was like, I didn't get enough marching band in school. I'm going to take my entire fucking summer and do that too because he's just the biggest nerd. You know, that is, it's so weird because, like, I see all these things on, obviously, American TV shows and American movies where they're like, oh, band, you know, and we do a marching band. And I'm like, that is nothing I've ever experienced in my school at all. It mm. feels like at my school, they just sort of kicked you in taught you a little bit and then kicked you back out. They didn't want you staying for classes. They wanted to go fucking home. You know, like, we didn't, we didn't have any of these after-school clubs. We didn't have any. Right. Like, I know that they're becoming more popular now, but, like, we didn't have, like, see, drama club and, and everything where the teachers would stay after school and it would be, like, a great experience for the kids. No, the teachers were like, fuck off, this is my time. <laughs> like, we didn't... But then that's probably why Scotland isn't big on sports. Like, we don't really have any, apart from, like, Andy Murray, because he grew up in a very rich household. Yeah, yeah. You need to have money to do sports in the UK because we just don't put money behind people that yeah. have any talent for anything from a young age. It's like, oh, you're good at the flute, honey? Oh, good for you. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Have a bit of paper. Well done. 
I've heard from multiple friends that I've had who came from not just the UK but from Europe in general that school sports and school activities are just not really a big thing there. Nope. Not even in the slightest. I grew yeah. up swimming and there was a point where, like, because I went to swimming but we had to do that in our own time so that was after school and it was with somebody that taught actual swimming, it wasn't a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we would go, like, we would leave my school, which had its own pool, and go to another school that had that pool with a teacher in it, like like a coaching teacher. Um, and I was swimming from a very young age and I showed a lot of talent from a very young age so I was doing things that, like, people three years older than me couldn't do. And I remember the coach saying to my mum, she should go professional but my mum just didn't have the money for the coaching fees and now I'm looking at it and I'm kind of like kind of glad I didn't because as much as it'd be cool to maybe have like a couple of medals or that I'm like that just looks like so much work and I like McDonald's too much you know (laughs) I like sitting on my arse writing fan fiction for bleach funnily enough and eating McDonald's so that's just not the life for me well, you're perfect for a podcast. <laughs> like, I'm excited for to hear, um, you know, your podcast that you're going to uh, and hopefully, you know, you can uh, plug that a little bit uh, <laughs> yeah. at the end of this, this portion. So, um, John, did you have anything else? More I was that? just going to I was going to wrap up my original thought, <laughs> which was way back then. So it doesn't matter. But anyway, so the Rossifon was the one that I saw. It was, I was teaching at a band camp and another instructor who was an anime fan showed it to us. And that's how I found that one. So okay, so I was I was wrong. I didn't watch. It wasn't that I didn't watch any anime. It's that I watched one anime. Yeah, I think I think you can count. You watched. Um, I think I remember you watching some Speed Racer when you were younger, and that was an old one that came to America. Yeah, a little bit, but that was yeah. And Voltron, we definitely watched some Voltron. A little bit of Voltron when we were younger. Okay, yeah. I think to be honest, most of the ones that we are probably talking about are are anime that that passed to young audiences so like a lot of anime that was found or at least a lot of the anime I watched like Dragon Ball Z and stuff although I do sometimes wonder how some of that made it through screening but um, like a lot of a lot of that was aimed at children so like another very popular one that people listening may not know as an anime is Pokemon and Digimon and anything yep. like that that you maybe watched when you were little I think as well was Sonic X not an, an, I can't remember. I think that was produced in Japan, was it not? Maybe. I don't know if I would. Cons- I mean, I've seen some Sonic XD, but I don't remember it being really in the same style of a lot of anime. Yeah, I'll need to double check that one. If it was made in Japan, then it technically is. Then it counts. Fast, yeah. Okay. Um, but I, I, I would need to look that one up. I don't know off the top of my head, but yeah, I think because so we've got what's called the grandfather of the shonen. So shonen is action anime. So Dragon Ball Z mm. is is a shonen, and Dragon Ball. Z is actually known as the godfather of shonen anime because it was like it ran for so many years. I think it was like early eighties it came out and it ran all the way through and it's mm-hmm. still going to this day. Um, it's still going. Yeah, on. I came back with. Have you? I haven't seen any of Dragon Ball Super. Do you? Is it good? Yeah, I watched. A, um, I watched the movie and I watched the first like three or four episodes. But the, the they brought in new main character. Like they've still got Goku and everybody, but they brought in mm-hmm. other characters that are so annoying. They're like these gods. <laughs> and I'm like, and then they've done yeah, this thing where it's Beerus. like, oh, to become the most powerful, you're not going to scream for five episodes. And I'm like, but that's what I enjoyed. That's what I signed up for when I watched it. <laughs> like, give me, instead, we're all going to hold hands and you become a god. That's not that's not the Dragon Ball Z I grew no. up with. I want them screaming for 50 episodes. I want their limbs chopped <laughs> off. I want them dying. And then I want them coming back and kicking ass, you know? But anyway, yeah. I can hey, rant I, about that yeah, for days. I know completely. <laughs> yeah. The, free, the, the Frieza saga is forever my favorite. It's saga, so good. Personally, it's, it is. I also like the Cell Game sagas because I like Gohan. Yes, I'll say closely followed by the Cell yeah, Games. Yeah, so absolutely. Good. 
But anyway, we've got, um, so that was the grandfather. Then you've got the top three, the big three. And out of the big three, the ones that maybe people have heard of are One Piece, because it also appeared on sort of daytime television. Naruto is another one that appeared on daytime Naru- television. Yes, I've heard of Naruto. Uh, but Bleach is the other one of the big three that all stemmed from the grandfather, which was Dragon Ball Z. But nobody's heard of Bleach because it's actually a 15 and couldn't air on cartoon type channels in our countries so it had to air watershed mm. type times so that's probably why we've never seen or heard of it because it's got a lot of swearing and a lot of blood in it so in in the u.s it did start airing in 2006 hey. um, on particularly on adult swim mm-hmm. which is on the cartoon network a late night show it's kind of adult swim is where they do actually a lot of some anime style yeah. shows and things like that you know at least in the u.s they did have bleach at some point but i don't know how long it ran mm-hmm. personally all right you know what we're i'm deciding i'm we've got to have you on for whenever we do dragon ball i've yes. been wanting to do dragon ball for a while john hates it i love <laughs> i love dragon ball z so yes yeah, so we'll have to have you back on for our dragon ball z episode whenever as long as john doesn't keep postponing it uh, we'll eventually <laughs> get you on for that one. so i think what we should do for that episode right is we do dragon ball dragon ball z dragon ball gt dragon ball kai dragon oh. ball super and we also do the dragon ball movie that came out that we have to scrap. i don't know if i can do all that <laughs> i don't i i think i love dragon ball z i hate kai i hate the zero uh, or sorry the regular i hate dragon ball i don't care for dragon ball gt i haven't seen i haven't seen super yet Oh, I just can't. I'm, I'm just a Z guy. You, you're, you're all up in this. I, I actually really liked GT. A lot of people hated it because it wasn't canon, but I actually liked aspects of it. I thought they'd done some of it quite well. Fair enough. All right. Well, all right. Let's talk Bleach because yes. that was the one that sorry, you wanted to yes. talk about. We've been <laughs> si- no, sorry. We've sidetracked like crazy. So this uh, show, basically, it, it's the story follows the adventures of... Ichigo Kurosaki. Uh, he's a 15-year-old who actually looks like he's 28. Yes, um, thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. I'm so glad you said that. I mean, same with um, uh, when Chad appears in episode four. He's like, he says, I'm 15. And I'm like, bullshit, you're 15. Holy crap. <laughs> It's not just that, it's the female characters as well. I'm like, you are not that well endowed at 15 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So uh, he obtains the powers of a soul reaper, basically, that uh, uh, Rukia it's a grim, gives to him. It's a grim reaper, isn't it? Yes, it's the, a, soul, a, yes. a Shinigami, or a soul reaper, is the Japanese version of what we would call a grim reaper. So, so like a ghost that goes and collects souls when they've passed away and protects people, effectively. Yep. Apparently, in the original drawing um, that, uh, oh God, what is his name? Tite Kubo. Tite Kubo, yeah. Yeah, in his original drawing... Um, so Rukia was originally going to be the main character, and she had a scythe. Oh. So originally, and the way he originally envisioned it was she was going to have a scythe, and everyone else was going to have guns. And then somehow, yeah, somehow yeah. that changed. Okay, um, but because of his newfound powers, um, basically, you know, he goes around defending, seemingly defending humans from evil spirits, and kind of guarding de- departed souls into the afterlife. And many adventures and many, you know, different story arcs ensue from that. Uh, this show, at least the English dub, I'm not going to go into the uh, Japanese voice artist, but for the English dub, uh, Ichigo is voiced by Johnny Bosch, who we've actually talked about before, John, in our Power Rangers Power Rangers, episode. I was going to say that. Yes, yeah. he was uh, the second Black Ranger. Okay. He, he was. was Adam Park in that one. So after uh, Zack left, 
Um, Adam Park took over as that one. He was also the voice of the uh, Artemis, the white cat in Sailor Moon, which I'm not sure if you knew, John, no. but I recognize that cat. Uh, he was in the movie Akira. He did voices in Trigun, Naruto, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, Yu-Gi-Oh! Zexel, just a whole bunch of stuff. This guy is a, a huge voice actor uh, when it comes to anime. Um, actually, this whole cast seems to have worked together in quite a bit of different things. Mm-hmm. So uh, Rukio is voiced by Michelle Ruff. She was also in uh, Akira and Naruto, and she was in Sailor Moon, but she was the black cat in Sailor Moon, the main cat, uh, Sailor Moon's cat, which I remember for sure. Ori, uh, Orihami. Orihime. Orihime, thank you, is voiced mm-hmm. by Stephanie She, uh, also in Naruto, also in Mobile Suit Gundam, and also in Sailor Moon. She voiced Sailor Moon. Uh, and then Chad is voiced by Jameson Price. Um, he was in Digimon. You and I might recognize him. He's done quite a bit of video game work. Mm. He's done the voice uh, for different uh, Mortal Kombat games. He's been Ermac and Noob Saboot before, and Sub Zero okay. before in different, and I think a little bit more recent versions. Uryu, did I pronounce that one right? Uryu. Uryu uh, is voiced by Derek Stephen Price. He's done in Beyblade, uh, Naruto, and Digimon, and then Hitsugaya is voiced by Steve Staley, who's been in Digimon Akira and Sailor Moon. So so some pretty pretty strong voice actors in this show. So the ones that I watched, you know, you, you really, I wanted to see kind of the setup of the show because I didn't really know anything about it. And I felt like I, if I jumped further later into it, I would just be kind of thrown through a world of what the hell's going on. Yeah, you know, for sure. Which... I did watch like a couple clips just on like YouTube of some other stuff random to try and get a um, a feel of some of the other characters uh, who I hadn't seen in these first four. And the storylines, just like a lot of other shows, you know, they get more complex and more convoluted where if you don't if you're not watching them from start to finish, you're like, where the hell am I? <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I did like they did a really good job, I feel, of kind of setting up the world early on. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I kind of felt like I followed it pretty darn well. Uh, in those first four episodes of, you know, kind of where they were going and and just kind of like meeting Rukia, meeting everybody and just kind of getting all of that kind of stuff. I want to say that the dad is an asshole and I really fucking hated him. <laughs> he just he just starts beating up on well, Ichigo. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Without giving spoilers away, you have no idea. That little bear thing. What is the con? Was that con? Uh, yeah. Con. I know I've seen him around before. I haven't seen, obviously, not from the show, but he's either been in, like, little memes or little, yeah. like, something in pop culture he's a, stuff. He's a very popular, like, um, mascot for the series, I think, is, mm, is probably mm-hmm. the right term for it. So anytime you look up, like, Bleach, you will usually see, especially merchandise, you will usually find that teddy okay. dotted about the place. That's probably then where I've seen him. Uh, John, w- how many episodes did you watch? Uh, oddly enough, I watched the f- like the first five. Okay, so yeah, so we were on the same. I did the I did the same thing. I didn't want to jump around too much, so I watched the first five. I did watch a few clips of other things later, pretty much just like you to get a sense for some of the other characters. But yeah, I mean that's as as much as I watched. Um, I really I really enjoyed sort of the setup for the story. I like the background. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of the Soul Reaper. I thought it was I didn't I thought it was weird that they introduced this badass character of Rukia. And then by the end of it, by the end of the, like the by like the first episode or something, like she no longer has her powers. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because there is a reason for that, and you do not find out till the end of season three. Okay, because I was I was pissed off. Okay. I was like, she she comes in like all badass and shit, and then they just take it away from her. 
And I'm like, so I think as you as you, as she's going, if you rewatch episode one, and now that I like, because I've re, I've watched God, I've watched this series through with different friends multiple times mm-hmm. now. So I've watched it through myself, then I watched it with my wee brown sister, then I watched it with my friend Robin, I've watched it with my friend Mark, <laughs> and you know what I mean. And now I'm rewatching it with another friend just now. So actually, that each time I revisit the first episode, I pick up more and more when Rukia says that things feel off for her. Mm-hmm. So she, as you, if you go back and rewatch the episode, there's times where she's like you know, oh, that took up way more of my strength than it should have. Like, there's little moments where you're like, oh, actually, no, she's not okay. okay. Right from the first episode, something's wrong. And she's dropping little hints to us that something isn't right. Um, and so, yeah, that's why she seems completely powerless, but there is a reason for it. Okay. There is a big reason for it. Okay, I feel okay. better knowing that because I was kind of pissed yeah. at the end of it because I was like, I don't know. At first, my first uh, impression of Ichigo is I actually didn't like him. <laughs> mm, interesting. I, I didn't. I was like, he's he's kind of a he's cocky. He's cocky. He's kind of an yeah, annoying prick a little bit. Um, I really, I really did like Rukia a lot better. Yeah, I love her too. So I, I think that's why at first I was like, eh. I mean, but he does. He kind of redeems himself a little bit um, as the episodes went on of just the few that I saw. But um, I don't know where I was going with that statement. I'm just gonna end it right there. <laughs> I mean, when okay. you see his dad, when you meet his dad, yeah. you kind of understand maybe a little bit of where that comes yeah. from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But yeah, yes, Rukia is definitely the for me out of the first few seasons, at least Rukia is one of the standout characters for me. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Actually, um, the animation, the design, uh, I thought was pretty solid. It it seemed like mostly typical anime. I didn't feel like it was particularly groundbreaking breaking animation at the mm-hmm. time. I I don't know if it if it if it was by by any means, but nah, not I, really. I, I I think I, I think it looked good. It was solid. You know the, an- the I think animation. What, they, what Bleach do really well um, in the animation is sunsets. I don't know how, mm. but every single time there's a sunset. So even at the beginning of episode one, just the lighting of the sunsets they do really well. And you notice it. I think, or maybe I'm just a, an animation nerd, but you notice it <laughs> a little bit more as the seasons go on that the sunsets are particularly beautiful. Hmm. Very cool, Tammy. Do you know why the series was called Bleach? Yes, I do. What can you enlighten us? Yeah. So. Uh, tight, uh, people call him Tighty, Tighty Kubo. Um, I'm just going to call him Tight Kubo because okay. I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> tight, <laughs> it's too much to pronounce two syllables for a Scottish person. Um, so Tight Kubo will have everybody believe that it's because when you purify a soul, you bleach it. Uh-huh. But that's not that's not where it comes from. He was a massive Nirvana fan, and that was the name of their first album was Bleach. Yep. <laughs> oh, very cool. Wow, you see, I, I was trying to think of it, and I, I looked it up, and like Google told me, oh, yeah, Bleach is all about cleansing, and they're kind of cleansing the souls when they're nope. when they're sending them. No, okay, he likes Nirvana. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. I like that even better, because we're definitely Nirvana fans, too. Yep. <laughs> I want to talk the theme song. The theme song, I couldn't understand any of it. I don't know if you speak any Japanese. Nihongo o Nihongo o Ben Kyoshimas, Nihongo ga Josu Janai desu. 
Okay. So that uh, I, 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 although I should have given it a past tense, actually, I, I'd done the wrong tense. I was going to say I did study Japanese, or I okay. was studying Japanese, uh, but it's not good. <laughs> it's really not. Okay. Good. And you've fair been, enough. You've been to Japan, haven't you? I have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought so. Okay. That's definitely on my bucket list. Yeah, me too. So good. So good. The the opening theme I thought was pretty decent. I, I, I it was simple, kind of simple beat, kind of rocking stuff to it. Um, I can kind of see. Maybe like, you know, maybe not Nirvana vibes, but maybe a little bit of that in there. Mm-hmm. If I would have understood the lyrics, I have, I, I like it. Personally, I like theme songs that kind of either tell like a little story or kind of get a good setup. So I don't know if that was in there at all. I'm, I'm just going to assume yes, but I don't, I have no idea. Sometimes with Japanese, with the anime, the theme songs really have very little yeah, to do with the actual. I found that yeah, true. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's one of those ones where it's very little to do with what okay. the series is about. But I think what re- what's really important to note about the intro is not the music's good, but the uh, the characters, their clothing. So Tight mm. Kubo was actually a fashion designer, or he wanted, I can't remember if he was or he wanted uh. to be a fashion designer. So that's why all of the characters, you know, in the intro especially, you'll see them, they're wearing different outfits, and that mm-hmm. anytime he draws them freestyle out of their Shinigami clothing, which is their Soul Reaper outfits, anytime he draws them, he'll put them in really beautiful outfits. Mm. Okay. They're the best dressed characters ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I have to say I tend to agree with Adam. Most of the animes I've ever seen, even if it was just like a little clip of, the the I've never been a big fan of the opening music. Mm-hmm. With one notable exception, the mm-hmm. opening theme song to Cowboy Bebop is amazing. It's amazing. Uh, which is a song yeah. "Tank" by the band The Seatbelts. jazz tune mm-hmm. um it's so awesome well actually when i taught a uh, high school band we actually played that song for one of our jazz concerts <laughs> it is so much fun to play i love that song for some reason the the bleach community seemed to love the 13th intro to the series that it was that was created <laughs> And, and it's weird because I think a lot of viewers dropped off at that point, but it's always the most watched intro on YouTube. It's the number 13th intro. I can't remember the song name off the top of my head, but it is quite good. I personally have never seen the absolute massive appeal of it, but it's <laughs> it's apparently considered quite a good one. Okay. I can tell you straight up, the song I did not like was the Ender song. Nobody knows who I really am. I never felt this empty before. And if I ever need someone, I'd come along Who's gonna comfort me and keep me strong I thought the outro credit song was just... I, I 
I don't even hate. remember it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I hate it's just it seemed it was very slow. It didn't really fit the action mood of the of the show to me at all. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just I mean, you've probably you've seen this show so many times, you know, I'm sure you you'd recognize it, but like you, you don't think of it. And I yeah. just just from watching it those the couple episodes that I did, I was just like, "What the fuck is this?" Like it I just know. it just it, yeah, it, it I, know, I know exactly what you mean. I think it's it's so disappointing as well because the rest of Bleachy's soundtrack is so like iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, and for anybody listening who who doesn't even plan on watching Bleach or just listening because they would want to listen, I would recommend that they go and look up some of Bleachy's soundtrack because some of it's really good, especially the more serious stuff. Like there's some comic relief. Um, music in there but actually some of it's really really good and I will get a name of one that is that's one of the most iconic um, okay. of Bleachy's OST and I, I will tell you in just two seconds once I google it <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds good I don't have much else to say about this show just because I, I I haven't watched anymore but I'm sure you have a lot more that you want to mention so like what in particular you know, on the precipice wha- of defeat on the precipice of defeat is a really is a really iconic bleach so I would look that up Why do you recommend Bleach to someone who has never seen it and maybe maybe doesn't really know all that much anime? It's interesting because I, like you, had a lot of people recommending it to me and I was just like, nah. An ex of mine, when I was dating um, dating him, he showed me a scene and he showed me, in my opinion, now looking back, one of the worst scenes he could have showed me <laughs> uh, because it was a character that he liked. And mm. um, I'm quite a vain person. I really like a very attractive character design. I don't know why. So if there's a character design that's very attractive or is done well, it's, it's you know there's appealing aspects to them. I enjoy watching that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's just a fancy way of saying I, I get attracted to to anime characters sometimes. But, <laughs> oh, but um, I, I totally understand. I figured if there was like a, a character based on me out there, everybody's gonna love that one the best. Yeah, exactly. That. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. <laughs> Um, so I would I would say when I started watching it, it was only in the background because enough people had bugged me to do it and I was like, right, I need mm. to get this off my to-do list. And I put it on in the background and I didn't expect anything. So I went in it completely blind and I ended up like being completely addicted to it. But I would say mm-hmm. if you're going to invest in Bleach... You have to keep in mind that some of the some of the scenes drag a little, some of the episodes drag a little, and that's because they were trying to do it at the same time the manga, so the comics were still coming out, and so they were trying not to get ahead of that. So so the, keep that in mind, and it, the the show doesn't technically fully pick up speed until about halfway through season two, is when it gets real interesting. Yeah, I read um, that they had they had sort of the same problem as like Game of Thrones, where like they caught up to the writing, and then all of a sudden they're like okay now what do we do yes yeah 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 effectively is what happened there's a lot of filler so i would if you're going to dedicate your time to it maybe google what episodes to skip and skip any of the filler because they they take you out the story and you're like what the hell's happening like we were doing something last episode and now that's gone what's going on um so i would take out the filler so that's stuff that's not in the manga that they've put in to buy the manga artist more time okay Um, but i 
would say the reason why to watch it is, and I would say this about all anime, is that there are things that we can't do in Western cultures because, you know, the stuff that does well here, and I don't mean to shit on anybody's TV like <laughs> like likes or dislikes here, but... Shit away. Shit away shit on everybody. Shit. That's what we do. The Simpsons came out, right? And it was good. Oh, no. No, don't and you then, dare shit on The Simpsons. And then, no, no, no. I loved The Simpsons. I grew up on The okay. Simpsons. It was amazing. But then Family Guy came out and I was like, oh, this is kind of similar. Okay. And then, you know, then it was like American Dad came out and I'm like, this is the same thing. And mm-hmm. there's like 50 more of them out just now where I'm like, it's the same types of jokes with the same types of characters done over and over and over again. Western cultures haven't realised what animation can be used for and it can be used to tell stories that would make no sense with live action people. Like You just wouldn't get away mm-hmm. with stuff with live action people. But Japan and, you know, Korea and China, they're way ahead of the ball game there where you can tell stories that are so outlandish. You couldn't get away with them with real people, but you can get away with them with cartoon characters. And this whole world of there being like grim reapers that live in a almost like a, a, a different version of a different parallel universe to the Earth, mm-hmm. and you know, Rukia's trying to tell it through little drawings with bunny rabbits and things at one yeah, point. Yeah, that's cute. Which is trying to explain like the difference between the worlds, um, but you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't really get away with that. You know, spirits going through walls. If that was done by real people and CGI on TV, it would look proper shite. You need a big budget to make that look any good. Um, especially the hollows, you know, the big uh, mm-hmm. demon-like monsters. Mm-hmm. Those are souls that have effectively gone past their sell-by date. <laughs> them. They've gone past their sell-by date. They've not been sent to the Soul Society. So they've either been turned into hollows because they've stayed too long or because they've been devoured by another hollow. And, you know, and the whole Soul Reaper job is to get rid of them, cleanse them, as well as sending other souls to the Soul Society. You wouldn't get away with anything like that in, in Western culture. And when you've got, and I'll give you another example of another fantastic anime, is Attack on Titan. And that's one mm, that maybe mm-hmm. people have potentially heard of. Definitely um, heard of it. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a, a storytelling method with Japan that is unlike anything we've ever seen in Western culture. So in Western culture, if there's a a big reveal, let's say we're like, oh my God, the look is my father. Like, you know, look, I am your father <laughs> moment. And I know it wasn't said like that. I know that's yeah, not no, the I line. Know. I know that's <laughs> not the line. I know that. But you know that whole, like, we build up to something and we know it's going to be a big reveal to the point that, like you said earlier on the podcast, it becomes so predictable. You can sit mm-hmm. down in a cinema just now and look at a screen and go, I know who the bad guy is. You know, mm-hmm. you you just know because we've become we've become so used to the same story being told over and over and over again. But with anime, because it's written by people in Japan, it's written by a completely different mind to Western culture. They do things and, and tell things and tell stories in a way that we just would never expect. So they'll pull something out of a bag and you'll be sitting there going, What? <laughs> they're like no 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 wait 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 rewind go back uh, and there was a that that happened to me when I actually started shouting at the TV when I was watching Attack on Titan and I won't give any spoilers don't worry but there was a lot of questions that needed answered in Attack on Titan hmm. and there was like a big thing that we wanted to know we wanted to know who these people these these bad guys were. And then it's like the camera is panning away and following another character and off at the side there's these two characters you barely hear their conversation where they're like, oh, I'm the bad guy. And you're like, 
wait, what? And it, the, car- the camera's still following this other character that you don't care about anymore. You're like, no, I want to go back to that other conversation that's happening over there. What, the- what was that? And then it doesn't return to it for three episodes and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to go insane. But it's written by totally different minds to us so they don't do a big dramatic reveal with the music panning up and you know you're getting it mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. it's done totally different so they pull stuff out of the bags where you're sitting there completely gobsmacked and there is a massive few bunch of twists and bleach and actually when i was watching it with my friend mark who always predicts the endings of everything <laughs> ever it's so annoying you'll go in the cinema and he'll be like oh that guy's a bad guy that person's going to die and he's always right he's always right and I, was, I sat there and I was recording him. He's, I was recording his audio and I sent it to my friend because he's sitting there going, wait, why is he here? Why is he here? What's he doing? What's he... Oh my God! And I was like, I have to record his reaction to this because he's going to be blown away by this twist as well. <laughs> and it's done so well, you just don't see it coming. Uh, that is a... Just a fantastic... You can't get a better <laughs> endorsement yeah. for anime. For anime. Yeah. 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 So... All right, I'd like to start. I'll do mine, and then John, you do yours. We'll do our just our final thoughts on what we on our thoughts of Bleach, and then anything extra that you want to say, please do so, Tammy. Um, I thought it was definitely very interesting. I honestly, I quite liked it. Um, it was fun diving into a, a new world and a new mythology that I knew nothing about and wasn't really like anything that I had really watched too much before. As I mentioned, they did a really good job of explaining and setting things up and kind of world building early on. And so I didn't feel too confused. And so that really helped. Um, am I ready to dive into 362 <laughs> more episodes? I'm not sure just yet. Only watch your first three seasons. That's all you need. Oh, good. Well, that's really good to know. Okay. That's uh, that's pretty helpful. Um, but I did. I enjoyed what I saw is yeah. absolutely what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... I Adam, you and I are pretty much on the same wavelength, apparently, on stuff today, because mm-hmm. that is the same thing. Four episodes in, I was interested. I like the world mm-hmm. they built. I'm interested in the characters. Um, I was a little daunted knowing that there was, like, 16 seasons worth to go. But, it, Tammy, <laughs> yeah. if you're yeah. telling me I, if I can go through the first three and, and, and you know, and go from there, then, it, to me, it yeah. makes it seem a little more manageable. Okay, I can handle, mm-hmm. you know, go through three seasons, see where I end from there. I do have a question for you, though. So I was okay. looking up one of the other characters in preparation for this, and I came across... Toshiro Hitsugaya. Yes. Huh? And I came across another character who I looked at, and I'm like, God, I have seen this person somewhere before. And I realized it's at conventions. I go to a lot of cons. I've seen this person <laughs> cosplayed I don't know how many times. I wanted to know where this where to find this person in in the series because I want to find who this person is. And I'm I, it's like Tear Harrible. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 Tear Harrible. I don't know how to pronounce her name, but yeah, she is a very popular character, very popular. Um she is I'm assuming she's popular because of how she dresses. Oh. Yes, <laughs> partly. Um I think as well it's because of like her power is where it just her character in general is really is a really interesting she's one of those strong um female silent female types strong Mm -hmm. silent types and i think a lot of people were drawn to her because of that especially because in the anime world female characters tend to be really annoying and chirpy and i can think of I can think of two reasons why people are drawn to her. <laughs> Sorry. If you think if you think that's like honestly, I don't understand why people aren't talking about Rangiku Matsumoto. Can you not Google her? Rangiku. Bleach Rangiku. Will look, do. look her up and tell me that she isn't pretty. She's one of my favourite characters in it. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh yeah, she is buxom, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
So she's actually, she's a lieutenant of Toshiro, the little um, white-haired guy okay. that, I, that I also added to the list purely because he's one of my favourite characters. Um, okay. But he, he works very closely with her, actually. She's his lieutenant. So he's the captain. They've got a very interesting dynamic. <laughs> That's, uh, I'm going to make a reference here that maybe Adam, only Adam's going to uh, realize. Uh, that is a very Giada De Laurentiis shirt. Yeah, oh yes! Oh my God! That uh, uh, Giada De Laurentiis is um, she's kind of like a lollipop. <laughs> her head is huge, but her body is tiny, except for these gigantic cans that she's and she flaunts them like crazy. Uh, yeah. She's a she's a cook. She's like a, a celebrity chef uh, in America. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, she, but she wears everything is super low cut, and I'm sure that helps her ratings on the food yes. network. I can imagine yeah. that it would. Yes, I can imagine it would. Bleach is um, very interesting because I'll admit a lot of animes do like to draw their female characters very well in Dode, um, but also equally draw their male male characters with lots of muscle. So yeah, which, got, which we which we mentioned Ichigo. I mean, yeah, he's not fifteen. No, and Chad, not they're 15. not. They look really no. old. And like um, uh, the Orahime, like she was particularly buxom for like a fifteen-year-old yeah, girl. Yeah, you don't where, get fifteen-year-old Rukia but. and some of the others looked a little bit more like. Oh, I. I Normal. Normal. believe yes they're more normal and like believable where some of them are just like whoa that's not right well yeah to, I, I completely to be agree. fair they've been doing that in the u.s and comic books for forever oh yeah very yes true. very true yep um so, so yeah it's definitely nothing new it's just the eye candy isn't it it's the eye candy that we, that we go for but um yeah toshiro is definitely one of my favorite tear harry ball is i don't understand there's a lot of people that love that i'm not going to say the name of them because i feel like we'll give stuff away i'll give spoilers away but they're they're a particular species i'm going to say of characters okay um, they, they've got a particular name for the group of them and a lot of people are obsessed with them so the males seem to be obsessed with tear harry ball and the females tend to be obsessed with our uh, um Ukiora, his name is. So there's like a bit of to and fro, um, depending on whichever gender you prefer, whichever way you swing. There's there's eye candy for both mm-hmm. sides. All right. All About, right. Do you know roughly like what? I get. We call it season, but what series? Season. Yeah. What season she appears in? Um, it's after season three. Okay. That's it's well after season three. That's fine. So seasons four and five are filler, and it's called the bout arc. And I would highly recommend skipping as much of that as you can because that nearly made me stop watching. <laughs> Oh wow! Um, but I think I think they start to show up kind of seasons like five, six ish. Okay. I'm gonna say there's probably Bleach fans out there going, "You should know the exact episode number." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be sitting here going, "Oh my god, guys, I'm not that obsessed." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So, um, any any last things you want to mention about Bleach before we move on? Oh, I I just love it. I just think it's great. So I have written. This is the geek side of me. You ready for this? I have dedicated my life to writing over one million words worth of fan fiction for Bleach. Wow. Because there are that many outstanding characters in this show in so many situations that they were never put in or that they could be put in. And I was like, I need to see how that would go. So that's why I got into writing fan fiction for Bleach. So if you love characters, watch Bleach, mm-hmm. but stay until you get to the Soul Society because that's where the most interesting of characters start to appear. I think that's a good mark of good world building is when people want to write more stories about other characters and that are not the main characters. I think that's yes. a good a good mark of storytelling of someone who's built a good and interesting world. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you post your fan fiction? I do, actually, yes. I'm not telling my name because some of them are incredibly <laughs> adult-rated, re- re- <laughs> so we're not going to okay. be... 
we're not going to be advertising them on this. <laughs> okay, that's fair. But I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure if you go online and you look up fan fiction, especially for Rukia and Toshiro, you're probably going to find works I have posted. Okay. All right. And well, you mentioned that you love the show enough. You're thinking about doing a podcast devoted to yes. Bleach. Yes, I am. So it's going to be. We've got a fan fiction Discord, um, which is not just for fan fiction authors. Actually, it's for most generic fans of Bleach, but also artists and things too. But we do a lot of writing stuff on there, um, and it's called the Serite. So we've set up a Tumblr, Twitter, etc., and we're going to be setting up a podcast for for it as well. So we've got the auditions on the go just now. Um, a lot of people that are potentially going to be joining us, um, and we're going to be rewatching because we had the fantastic announcement that the Bleach anime is returning after eight. <laughs> Mm-hmm. years were so excited um because it ended on such a like i was just it just ended and it was like no uh so we're we're returning to the world of bleach now eight years later it's gonna be very interesting to see how the animation has changed um but we're going to be because that's coming out next year we're going to be doing the podcast of re-watching all of bleach but minus the filler we're taking the filler out mm. Um, we're mm-hmm. going to be rewatching, and then we're going to be doing podcasts on each of the. We're going to do it in blocks of like five episodes, I think. Okay. So very excited. Very cool. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for that breakdown and showing your obvious love of Bleach. And then, uh, how about we go into our casting? This episode of the Blast From Our Past podcast is not brought to you by... Mama keeps white, white with a new glow. Mama keeps colors bright like a rainbow. Mama gets stains clean with the magic. Mama's got the magic of Clorox. Mom's sure she can get these stains off whites, because Clorox bleach doubles the stain-removing power of her detergent. And Clorox, too, removes stains from colors. That's the magic of Clorox. All right, and now we're going to do our casting portion of the show. As we mentioned at the top, we are going to be recasting Bleach. Now, we did mention there was a Japanese language uh, version of this put on, I believe it was Netflix. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to recast this, but we're going to basically kind of take it and put it into as what off- actually Hollywood often does, unfortunately, which is take <laughs> movies from other cultures mm-hmm. and they Americanize it. Butcher them. So, yes, yeah. or Western, <laughs> westernize it would be a better term. Westernize, yeah. yeah. Well, did you did you see that um, the Dragon Ball Evolution joke of a movie? Oh my god, it was so bad. <laughs> it was it was atrocious. It, it was, was one of the so worst bad. things I've ever seen in my life. But then so was the Avatar Last Airbender movie as well. I mean, they uh, couldn't even I, I pronounce see. the main character's name right. It, it was so terrible. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. I actually, I did see that one because I actually was a fan of the cartoon. I did watch, it wasn't until the cartoon was over that I watched it, but I binged the entire thing and then went to see the movie and was just as disappointed as everybody else. Uh, yeah. All right, so we're going to, uh, with, a, with a show this extensive, there's a lot of characters you could do. We kind of kept it to largely most of the ones from the first few seasons and then uh tammy you wanted to add toshiro who we didn't really talk about because i love him um but what can you tell us a little bit about him because he'll probably be the first one we cast yeah oh he's so cool he is a character that's got a very attractive design he's got pure white hair and like teal eyes so teal's already my favorite color so that's already a win (laughs) he's a he's he's known as one of the young geniuses 
of the Soul Society. So even although he's in the body of about a 15-year-old, he's well over 100 years old because his souls age differently to humans do. Um, and he is constantly being, like, he hates short jokes. He hates the fact nobody will take him seriously because he's worked his way up to the captain position. And we're talking out of billions and billions of souls, he, there's only 13 captains for them all. Mm. Um, and he's worked his way up to this position. Nobody will take him seriously. And then he constantly gets it in the back from his, his lieutenant as well. So, But he's got one of the best um, like powers, shall we say. And I'm not going to reveal too much, but there is a fight um, about halfway through season two, I believe it is. There's a fight where we get to see his power and it is very well presented. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to do, just to kind of break down which ones we're going to do, we're going to be doing the characters of Ichigo, Rukia, Chad, Orihime, Uryu... I can I keep mispronouncing that. <laughs> Uryu, Uryu. Uryu. And Toshiro. All right, so let's start with Toshiro. And Adam, why don't you start us off? Sure. So uh, I wanted, I tried, just as a heads up for mine, I did not try to cast people who are definitely, who are, who definitely look um, like high schoolers. I, I Mine is probably going to be more of like, maybe like the, how that Riverdale show is where, you know, they're, they're obviously in like their mid twenties playing high schoolers, <laughs> or maybe my movie will be set more like in bleach the college years. College. <laughs> yeah. Bleach the college. <laughs> Something like that. So I tried to make sure all of my characters were under 30, kind of in that 25 ish range yeah. for most mm-hmm. of my actors. Now with uh, Toshiro, he's one that I could have gone a little bit younger if I wanted to. Because he is uh, supposed to be even there, but I wanted someone, a guy I like. He's done plenty of action. I think he would be pretty badass with here, and he's kind of already been someone who I wouldn't say is fully underestimated, but he's always he's always kind of like a lame duck in the X Men world, and I'm talking Cyclops. Um, but he was I liked him in this you know the more recent uh, X Men movies. He's decent enough in that. I liked him in Ready Player One. I went with Ty Sheridan as my Ooh. Toshiro. So I mean, it's going to be a weird look to get like the white hair, and it's not going to—it's not a perfect. I mean, granted, none of these are going to be perfect adaptations. Perfect, no. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm trying to just pick some people that I like. So that's who I want. Okay. For some reason, I'm blanking on. Maybe it's because I didn't. I don't. I didn't see um, the last Ready Player One. I didn't see Ready Player One. Um, I didn't okay. see Dark Phoenix. Uh, and okay. I barely remember him from Apocalypse. Uh, and he was not much in Apocalypse. He was, he was in um, Dark Phoenix a little bit more. Okay. Um, I liked Ready Player One. I really loved the book. The movie is okay, but it wasn't terrible. A lot of people shit on it, but it wasn't as bad as what people said. The book was fantastic. The movie was okay. okay. But the, he is a good book, actor. The book was good. My only problem with the book was that they had a character that was what we call OP. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Way, way, yeah. way OP. Like he just was <laughs> like in that space of time, he's consumed all eighties pop culture that ever existed ever multiple times. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just not possible, <laughs> not possible. Um, and then it was True. like uh, one scene where he, he was like he came across a guitar, and I actually sat there, took me out the story, where I was like, oh, let me guess, he knows how to play because he saw this yeah. one thing one time, and funnily <laughs> enough, oh, he knows how to play the guitar. Where did he get the time for that? Uh, but yeah, yeah, other than that, I loved the book. I loved it, but the, that did take me out the book a few times. That's valid. All right. So I I probably ended up going with an actor that was probably older than he needed to be. Um, but I, I just looking at the drawing of the character, um, this person kind of reminded me of him a little bit in the face. And I, I've only, I only know him from one show, but he does a fantastic job on that show. He's actually a bad guy in the show that I know him from, um, which is the show Vikings. And I chose the actor Alex Hogue or Hugh, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, Anderson. And he plays he plays Ivar the Boneless in Vikings. 
Mm, I'm just so Alex, I'm yeah, fine. Images just now. So it's Alex H O G H Anderson. It's actually H O G H with a slash through the O. So I'm not really sure what that does to the O. I, uh, I've never seen oh, Vikings okay. like you have. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, can, I can see it. I can see that. I'm basing all of this on his one on this one yeah. show that I know him from. He's done he's done a lot of stuff in. Uh, I think he's. Uh, he looks intimidating. He, yeah, he does. But then. Toshiro does, he's always glaring at people. So that actually suits, he's always got a skibble on his face because people won't take him seriously. Okay. All right. Okay, cool. cool. All right, Tammy, who'd you go with? So this is really funny because I was suffering with this. I, like, you sent me this homework and I was suffering and I couldn't <laughs> do it myself. So what I did was I cheated and I got my entire Discord server to help me with this. <laughs> so let me tell you, we had some amount of debates and arguments and oh my God, I think people were going to leave the server over. <laughs> anyway, we got there eventually and we decided to go with a younger Tom Felton. Okay. So thinking about the Harry Potter role, he played Draco Malfoy and the bleach, the bleach hair, but like the young, he's got that skiveling face mm-hmm. that we sort of associated with to Shiro. And he already has proven that he can get his hair almost white. So yeah. we're nearly yes. there. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. Yep. All right. Let's move on to Oruyu. Uh, I'd like, I, oh. I'm, I'm curious to see about how Tom, only because... Um, in every movie, I've only seen him in like the Harry Potter series, and then he was in uh, one of the Planet of the Apes movies, and he's just been a fucking whiny <laughs> bitch. Uh, like, it, sorry to say, but like he's just been like a, a whiny man in all of his movies. I'd like to see him be a little bit more of a badass, so that would be interesting. Yeah, it would be. Uh, Toshiro has his badass moments, but he equally has a lot of whiny moments. Of an- so, oh, like, okay. Where see, he's just, just kind of like, hi, hey, you've got to call me yeah. captain. You know, it's like, okay, okay. Toshiro, okay, you're okay. Then that fits pretty well, because that, that was one of the characters I wasn't really familiar with seeing the episodes I saw. I actually think that's one of the lines when you first get introduced to him is where he, he he's he's saying, "Hey, you still got you still got to call me nice. captain." <laughs> so cool. yeah, that makes sense. All right, uh, let's move on to Oruyu Ishida, which I don't think we didn't really talk about Oruyu um, at all either. Tammy, tell us about that character. I can't really. I, I, it's hard without giving away a lot of spoilers. Okay. Um, He's another breed or another species of type of character, but you do not find that out until much later on. I think in season one. Okay. So he'll start to you'll start to see him brooding in the corners, and he starts to appear in episodes, and then he starts to become a bit of an antagonist. But then you know, equally, they start to become like he, he does start to warm up to them all eventually. Okay, I'll go ahead and start uh, this one off. I'm going to be honest with you. I think I miscast this one. I think I miscast mm-hmm. this one big time, and I don't. I I'm looking at my list now, and I'm not sure why I picked this actor for this role, but I did. So I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I'll commit to it. That's what I said, but I don't. I don't. Honestly, I cast this like a few days ago, and I cannot remember why I picked this person for this role. I'll just go ahead and say it because I really don't have a reasoning for it because I'm not sure what my reasoning was. I must have been drinking that day. Uh, I went with the actor <laughs> Dean Charles Chapman, uh, who played um, young. T- uh, he played Tommen Baratheon in the last few seasons of Game of Thrones, and he was also recently in 1917. Okay, hmm. I could I could see him more as a Toshiro actually. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that. Okay. I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, yeah, like he, he, especially some of the younger pictures of him there, I could see him being a mm-hmm. bit more of a. T- but yeah, yeah, I suppose if you stick some glasses on him, maybe you could get away with that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I like him in Game of Thrones. So I think he's a good little actor, so I'm, I'm totally fine with using him in something. 
I, I don't know the character enough. I'm going to give that to Tammy to say if that's a thumbs up or yeah. thumbs down call. I, I, nah, it's okay. I, you can I say think, no if you don't like it. I would say Uriu is maybe a wee bit too much of a brooding character. Okay. Um, I feel like he would need somebody that was very, very serious. To be honest, though, we all struggled. This is the one that we mm-hmm. really struggled with. This and Ichigo um, were our main ones that we struggled with. Okay, well, why don't you go um, ahead and tell us who, who you cast? So after much deliberation, <laughs> we decided if you stick a pair of glasses on him, <laughs> that we would go with a Cole Sprouse. Oh, yeah, from the Cole and Dylan Sprouse, one of the twins. Well, the Cole one. <laughs> yeah. He's aged oh, yeah, quite yeah, yeah. nicely. From, and if you uh, stick a pair of glasses on him, you know, he's got he's got a very intelligent looking face. If you popped a pair of glasses on him, he could maybe do. That's, that's funny because I mentioned Riverdale earlier. Yeah, he's and he's Jughead in that. Yeah, he's a good looking guy. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. So, yeah, that's a good call. I, I, I'm totally cool with that one. All right, Adam? <laughs> um, I went with an actor who I've seen him not much. I didn't really watch much of Teen Wolf, and I didn't watch much of 13 Reasons Why, which he's been in that. The only thing that I've really seen him in, he was at the end of Shazam, but the very, oh. very end of it where he played one of the grown-up yeah. guys. But, you know, I, he kept peering. And what I do with this one, like I do with a lot of my uh, castings, is I pop in, like, you know, who are some of the best actors under 25 or under 30 or whatever? And he keeps appearing in some of those lists that I've found. <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to cast him in something. I think he'll be good. And this seems like a role that, you know, he seems good enough. I went with Ross Butler. I'm literally Googling these people as you're... As you're. Do you know, it's so funny, actually, because I did look at him at one point for Sunday. Okay. And I can't remember if it was maybe Uriu that I was looking at him for. I think it was. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I would agree oh, with yeah. that. Okay, I think I I cast him in something. I can't remember what though. You you might have. I I mean I've seen that his picture around, and I just can't remember what it was. Okay, but yeah, you might have. Uh, okay, well let's move on to Orhime. Tammy, why don't you start us off with yours? <laughs> so we had um, a lot of toing and froing with this one because it's very hard to get like anime. Female anime characters are drawn with body proportions that just do not exist on normal human beings. Like, they, they mm-hmm. just do not. Unless somebody's had extensive work done, <laughs> you do not have a waist that thin with boobs that big. It just does not happen. So, uh, this was very difficult. So, we've gone, or we were torn between two. So, I've kind of got two names here. I was leaning more towards one, but the Discord server still wanted me to call out the other. So I was thinking, just because Orihime is an incredibly ditzy character, she doesn't have many many moments of intelligence, if any, throughout the 366 episodes. Oh, wow. Does she not... Because you mentioned some of the other characters that they... They end up being, you know, other, not species or other kind of different groups of people or stuff like that. Is Orihime basically stay the same? Is she kind of one note? Um, She doesn't change... She's not like another category of, of, of whatever you would call it in that world. She's not got another category to her, but she, but so, some stuff does happen with her later on. Okay. Um, but not to the extreme of like Uriu and like Tear Haribo, etc. Okay. Um, so I, I would say because of the ditzy nature and because of her curvy figure, I was going to go, and I'm not saying this person's curvy, but she's she's got nice... <laughs> A nice body to her is a uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, oh yeah, she, um, she but does we also have a, a equally argued Emma Stone for this one too. Uh, Emma Stone uh, definitely not as as curvy. <laughs> yeah, as as curvy. Yes, curvy. Yes, thank you, yes. as Orihime from the thing. But I I probably like her playing the dits a little bit more than Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Okay, personally. Yeah. Uh, Adam, who'd you go with? I went with an actress who she, what what I know her best from 
she was not particularly curvy in, um, but I think she might have become more curvy in her older as as she's grown up. Uh, she was fairly well known. I guess she was in the show Skins, the the uh, UK show mm. or the English show, and then um, in the Golden Compass. Uh, but she's she's a good little actress, and I'd like to see more of her. Her name is uh, Dakota Blue Richard, and that's who I went with my Orihime. Ah, interesting. I think and I, when I saw her, it kind of like okay, this is kind of yeah. the look. That I like. Yeah, um, I can see that. I that I think fits. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, I definitely can see that. And she's definitely got the figure for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's, she's kind of become more more curvy, I've noticed, in some yeah, pictures. She, so it's like, she's, okay. she's well endowed enough to, to, to yeah. play that character, I would say. All right. yeah. mm-hmm. So for mine, I think, man, I think I swung and missed again. Um, although she is a good actress, and um, I mean, I'm sure she could do well in it. But I, I, don't, I don't know. She doesn't, she doesn't have the same physical attributes, I think, as, as what we described. But... Uh, she's been in a lot of big things. She's actually still pretty young, so I, I chose an actress who's a little bit younger. I think she's like 18 now, but she was in the It movies, the recent ones, and she mm-hmm. played... Uh, Tammy, do you guys know who Nancy Drew is? Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't know yeah. who she is. She's playing Nancy Drew in, in a movie that came out in 2019. I, I went with an actress named Sophia Lillis. I think it was more so that she was redhead that I chose her. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I've definitely seen... I've seen her around as well, just just in like you know those you know good right. good young actors lists and stuff like that. I I still haven't seen either it movie. I haven't either. I need to. I've never really been yeah. interested in it though. Oh, mm. the first it movie was really good. Was it? Yeah, but uh, the second one was a bit shit. I don't know if people listening will agree with that or no, but I was not a big fan of the second one. I thought the acting was all spot on, but the CGI and the way that it went mm. was not fantastic. But I thought all the actors who played the adults especially were amazing. And even, um, God, I can't remember the, the name of the guy that plays the clown, but he did a fantastic role as well. It was more just the CGI and some of what happened. One of the Skarsgårds. Yeah, didn't work. Yeah, one of the Skarsgård brothers. Mm. Yeah. Of which there are many. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to Chad. No, can we save him at last, please? Oh, sure. Okay. Okay. For, uh, you like please, Chad? Because, okay, cool. Oh, you, my God. You don't want Ichigo? <laughs> okay. All right. All right, well, how about we'll go to Rukia? Yes. Okay. Okay, Rukia. Uh, Adam, did you want to start off? Yeah, yeah, I haven't started off yet. Um, I, I like my call, um, maybe because... I don't know. I got I got similar enough with you. I got those badass vibes from Rukia early on, like a, a you know young female badass, and so I just I had that in my mind. And this person has played exactly that uh, in a movie that I'm quite fond of. She hasn't grown into the actress that I was expecting, and she hasn't really done enough. Mm-hmm. I think with uh, what she started off because she was really young in in the movie Kick Ass, where I I thought she was awesome. I want to see her kind of go back to that young female badass form, I went with Chloe Grace Moretz as my Rukia. That's not a bad call. I mean, she is a good little actress, and you're, and you're right. She's kind of sort of fallen off the radar. Yeah, so I want, to, I want to kind of bring her back to, you know what, this is what we what we fell in love with you for. Yeah. Kind of bring us back to what we you know you can do. Because I, I expected great things from her, and and she hasn't really, I don't know. She, it's yeah, kind of hard to deliver that, too. I see that. But if you stick dark hair on her, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. She's going to have to get a dye job. Yeah, for sure. But she is. Yeah, she seems like she's got the right kind of build. She's got the right look about her face. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Have you seen Have you seen Kick-Ass at all? I was not a fan. Who's the main guy? The main guy in it, I just want to punch, punch his face. It really drives Aaron, me up. Aaron Johnson. Aaron Johnson, I think, is the main guy's name. Yeah. Uh, but... But Chloe Grace Moretz plays Hit Girl, who is a pretty badass, badass character, side character. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, that's kind of who I was wanting her to challenge yeah. uh, to channel. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Okay, um, Tammy, why don't you go ahead? So this one was picked for me by the Discord server. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just went, I went, I, give you a choice, I went huh? along with this one because I looked it up and I was like, okay, yeah, I could see that. So they uh, decided on uh, Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. Okay. Okay. So I think she's been in like. Um, oh yeah, we, I mean, sending yeah. and there's been other stuff that she's been in. Why can't I think of it off the top of my head? But oh, I mean, she's been in a, a billion things. Yeah, she's, she's she's very famous over here. Yeah. So yeah. They, well, perfect. There we go. So yeah, we we just I think they they rocked with that one. I was like, I looked her up. I was like, okay, good, right, okay, we've got her. Okay, good. That's it. <laughs> she's got <laughs> no more. She's got good. the right look, but I think she's a little bit older. Yeah, I was gonna say, but then I suppose mm-hmm. Rukia is 105 years old. So uh, okay. Uh, you know, arguable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but she's maybe okay. just right. a bit too tall to play the part of Rakia. Ah. Uh, uh, I, w- I went with an actress who is about the right age. It, there's no real surprise. I've used this actress so many times. It's, I don't know, it's going to start run- turning into a running joke. But she, anytime I need a, a young female who is kind of badass, I've just been using the same person <laughs> over and over again. I went with Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, yeah, she's, she's, she's a good little badass actress, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, did you watch Stranger Things? Yes, love. Stranger She's eleven. Things. Yes, okay, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. She'd have to grow her hair out a little bit more, but yeah, yeah. I think I would. Uh, yeah, I can see all of these people as Ricky. Actually, <laughs> I think yeah, our first choice is probably my favorite. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so uh, Ichigo, since we're saving uh, saving uh, Chad for last, Ichigo, uh, I'll go ahead and jump in with mine. Let me pull him up real quick, just because. I'm going to remember what it is I I'm so glad you from. said pull them up real quick and not let me get them up. Because <laughs> I would have just been like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get them up real quick. Okay, hey, then, John, he's, no he's, he's, he's a good-looking dude. He's a good-looking dude. I don't judge. I don't judge. Uh, okay, so uh, I went mostly based on look mm-hmm. for this guy. Um, he does have some, some good credits. Uh, he's been in uh, uh, the – he was in the TV show uh, Shameless. Uh, he was in the TV show Gotham. Uh, he's done some um, he's done some lead uh, roles in some video games. Like so he did, uh, he was in Jedi Fallen Order, um, doing mm-hmm. one of the voices there. Um, and he, I, I think he's kind of got a decent look to him. And he's, yeah, he's about his mid twenties. So he, he, uh, much like the cartoon, he looks older than he should be, yeah. I guess. <laughs> um, but he's an actor named Cameron Monahan. Oh, I can see that look. Yeah. Oh, he's the guy. He played the Joker. Yeah, on Gotham. He? In yeah. Gotham. Interesting. Yeah. I've never, yeah, I haven't seen much that he's done, but yeah. He, he must be doing okay. He keeps getting work. For sure. That's an interesting choice. <laughs> I like it. Interesting oh. equals you hate it. No, yeah. I think I think it's so hard. And anybody that's listening to this that's a fan of the Bleach fandom will know that Japan cast Ichigo so well for their live action that trying to get anybody else to even mm. visualize mm-hmm. anybody else's part is honestly impossible. So we really struggled with Ichigo. So now I'm going to have to go watch the live action movie. Can I watch the live yeah. action movie without having seen most of the series? If you're planning on watching the series, I would wait until you've at least got beyond season two before you watch a movie. Because the movie okay. the movie does, uh, like, it combines episode one with, like, partway through season two. You know, okay. so mm. you get a couple of bits of spoilers. Okay, okay. Um, Adam? Uh, I like my Ichigo. I, I think uh, I wanted to pick someone because this is my leading man. Someone who I've seen be a leading man before, but he's in that mid-20s range. 
Um, similar enough with your casting, John. I, I think he's a good actor. We might have used him before. Actually, I'm quite certain we have. I just don't remember in what. Um, but I thought he was great in Baby Driver. I want him as my Ichigo. I went with Ansel Elgort. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, he, I think he's a he's a good actor. He's been in the Di- Divergent series as well, so he's probably used That's to some action. That's what I know him from. Yeah. What else has he been in as well? He's been in he's been in a lot of stuff recently, hasn't he? He was in the Fault in, the Fault in Our Stars. That's it. Yeah. I remember Baby Baby Driver was a was a great movie. That's what I remember him from. Yeah. Yep, and Divergent so. and Insurgent and that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I yeah. he's I yeah. can see so that. He- I can absolutely see that one. Cool. And who did you go with? Oh my then? god, this this caused us so much strife in the Discord <laughs> server because we were like, we all admittedly decided we couldn't, like the Japanese actor for this was just so damn perfect that we, we really, really struggled. So there was a lot of debating, a lot of toing and froing, and this was the one that we spent the most time going over actually because obviously it's the main character and we, we shelved him a couple of times and then came back to him later because we were <laughs> like, right. Um, so ultimately I won this one. This is the only one that's on the <laughs> list that I got an absolute saying and it was literally because i just googled like hot looking male actors under 30 and he came up and that was literally where i stole him from so we decided to go with a uh, william brent for this one so if you google a picture of william brent he's in lab rats he's got like he's got an attractive look to him and he's got the right physique that we could he's a good looking dude we could see him playing ichigo that's a good call yeah, there's a picture of him with like light hair that works on IMDb that works really, really well. well. Yeah. 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 So yeah. yeah you d- I think I think uh, going with your choice was the right choice on that one. Yeah. Look wise, that's that's about perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <Yep>. you. <laughs> I tried. Oh, all right. Well, we're gonna finish up with Chad. Chad. Oh, <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, oh, the fact that they actually call him Chad in the series is actually just awesome. Oh, right, yes. Which is which is weird because I, I looked it up and it said that, like, I guess the way he was drawn, they decided that he would they would make him sort of part Japanese, part Mexican. Yes. But that still doesn't explain why they called him Chad. Yeah. Chad is not a Mexican name. <laughs> See, funny, uh, when I when I hear the name Chad, Chad has become like a moniker for like a frat douche. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> you know, oh my God, you're such a Chad. You know, it's so funny, right? It's so funny because um, me and one of my other friends who does uh, Scottish YouTubing as well, Erin, um, uh, she came over to mine and we were doing like a gin wag, which was where we drunk and we, we spoke shite and um, we were answering we were, what was it we were interpreting dreams from people and somebody had messaged in and I turned to Erin and I said right Erin think of the most American male name go and she went Chad I was like that's this guy's name yeah. <laughs> so she got she guessed this person's name on that description oh uh, that's awesome uh, okay uh, Adam why don't you go first I had a tough time with Chad uh, I wanted someone who was tall, so I ended up going through looking through lists of tall actors. Uh, and this guy isn't, I don't know, I wouldn't call him a great actor because I really haven't seen much that he's in. And, and when I look him up, he's in he's been in multiple Tyler Perry movies, which doesn't scream great actor to, <laughs> to me. I feel bad. You're, I mean, you're, you're doing just fine, man. I'm not in shit like, you know, Tyler Perry movies. I wish I was. 
Um, I, Tyler w- Perry I wish I owned a, uh, a whole uh, freaking movie th- studio. And, and Yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't want to talk too much about Tyler Perry because I would go to work for him in a heartbeat. But uh, this actor, he I think he used to be a basketball player, like a minor league basketball player. He's 6'8". And so I wanted my Chad to be tall and pretty imposing. Um, he is also in the movie Shooter, which was like an action film. So, you know, and, and Chad is kind of just you don't have to do too much acting. From what I saw, he's kind of mostly quiet. At least from what I saw, he's just kind of yeah, quiet and kind of um, low gruff. You know, he can kind of just kind of look imposing, but but also kind of probably has a heart of gold, if I had to guess. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, my actor, I went with Terrell Carter. He's a big dude. Yeah, you'll probably want to Google him and not IMDb him. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Okay. His uh, his IMDb, John, is like a picture of him. Apparently, he can sing. He was, he, he did... Uh, he did stuff, but he's a big dude. He's he's like six eight. He's got a good body. He can totally look imposing. Uh, he was on Empire for a little bit too. So hopefully, I mean, if he's on Empire, he can probably act because that's a good show. Mm-hmm. But I, he had the tall, imposing look uh-huh. that I was looking for. Okay, and uh, yeah, so uh, I think he could be a, a big mound of man meat uh, and be <laughs> pretty imposing. So that's my Terrell Terrell Carter. All right, um, yeah. I'm gonna jump in because much like the other characters in here i think i miscast i'm so I'm glad just, you guys are leaving I'm, me to last because i can't stop giggling right now uh, <laughs> i am just not, i'm just not on it with mine um i think i picked a good actor i don't think he was he's probably not tall enough to be chad he's good enough to play the part uh but he's he wasn't he's only about 510 so um mm-hmm. either yeah, it's hollywood it's, put him yeah. on some apple boxes you, and, you know yeah he just has to stand in the background uh i went with an actor who I've actually not seen too much of him in. He was in Aquaman, and I kind of remember him in that. But most notably, he was in um, uh, Power Rangers as the Black Ranger. But he is going to be Liu Kang in the new Mortal Kombat movie. Lou I Lin. went with uh, Ludi Lin. Yeah, he's a good actor. I, l- I like him. Good action guy. I th- yeah, he's he's. I could see him much more of like a Ichigo. Yeah, or yeah he's a bit maybe like a bit that. too yeah. leith is the word maybe. Um, like not thin, but. Because he's well built, but you know what I mean? Like, he's a bit maybe not as broad okay. as yeah. what yeah. you would probably expect Chad to be. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's he's toned and he's fit. He's, you know, uh, but yeah, I, I want my, he's not as imposing <laughs> yeah. as I'd want a Chad. Mm-hmm. That's fair. All right, Tammy, take us home. <laughs> right. I thought when you said Aquaman, I thought you'd stolen mine. All right. This. Oh. Uh, <laughs> this came up in the server and we just all of us were giggling for so long on this choice because we decided to go with Jason Momoa <laughs> that's, a, that's a big we, name we yeah. Yeah. stop laughing as soon as the girl posted it we were like oh my god or Dwayne Johnson <laughs> yeah. we can see either of those people but it's like such a ridiculous concept but it would work because there are scenes in the anime, and if you continue watching it, you'll see what I mean, where Chad takes some blows that shouldn't exist. And I'm like, to get somebody to play him, you need somebody that is inhuman. And the only inhuman people we could find were either Dwayne Johnson or Jason Momoa. That, I mean, that's Go ahead, valid. Uh, yeah, like when, when I first saw Chad, uh, a steel... A big steel beam fell it. on him, and he took it like nothing. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I could, I could legitimately believe a real steel beam falls on the rock, and the beam is hurt, yes. and he's would laugh it off. Yeah. Absolutely. So that was the basis that we went for these ones. And as soon as you know people were posting these into the server, we were all in fits of giggles, and we were like, "Oh my god, we have to, yeah. we have to go forward <laughs> with them because they're so perfect." All right. Well, that was our casting of a Bleach remake.
Tammy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We had a great time with you. Um, Is there anything that you want to say, want to promote or anything like that uh, before we close out the show? I mean, I want to promote these fantastic uh, shows as well, like Bleach and the Movie Bottle as well. I definitely recommend that you go and at least look up even just a couple of the clips or the music or whatever that we spoke about throughout the episode. I would highly recommend going and checking these out. Especially with Bleach coming next year, you never know, you might get into it, but skip the filler. Mm-hmm. Um, for myself, <laughs> you guys can find me by searching the We Scottish Lass. If you plug that into Google, you're gonna, you're probably gonna find me. Um, but uh, other than that, other than any of that, that, that's that's me. Thanks so much for having me. I've had an absolute blast from our past. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, well, thank you. We were glad. Hope hopefully, uh, you know, we could get you on Dragon for for Dragon Ball Z next. Yep. <laughs> That'd be great. I will happily do that, for sure. Please join us next time for another Top 10 episode. Adam and John are joined by their friend Max from the Ready to Retro podcast as they go over their Top 10 favorite wrestlers. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. everybody i'm Corey, and i'm zach and we're the hosts of podcasting after dark a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s often found on hbo and cinemax you know the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid you can find us every other week on apple podcasts spotify podbean and stitcher this is what you want this is what you get